Welcome to Wisco Dice. Welcome to Wisco Dice. Hey folks, this is Conzi with the Most. We're back again for episode number 43, I believe it is. It is December 22nd, 2013. Holy cow, I actually remember to say all those important things about <laughs> what in heck we're actually doing today. I am joined in studio by my host, my co-host, Ryan. Also known as Stark Rating Mad is here. All right, excellent. And we are joined via Skype due to the snow blizzard of... 2013 we are joined by kenny or is that right yes snow blizzard right that's a that's some intense snow out there we had like eight or ten inches of snow that came in overnight this morning in the city still of course city of madison doing its wonderful job of cleaning up snow is still cleaning it up and as i understand your driveway still hasn't been cleared so you're still waiting on on that too yeah i can't quite get out and i have to get out at least by tomorrow before i drive back to maryland well, if you put some skis on that on that car of yours, you, you know, some chains on the back wheels, you probably got a snowmobile. That's right, mush, mush. <laughs> I got a big dog. We can we can hook her up too. I'll just ride the neighbor. That's okay. <laughs> All right. So, anyways, how's everybody been? Pretty good. Way too busy. It was finals and such end of the semester. Yeah, but now you're all done with that school stuff for what another week or two? A couple. Well, a few weeks. Three ish. You're almost going to have time to game now and stuff, maybe? Yeah, a Except bit. there's this silly Christmas holiday thing in there and whatever. Yeah, that's only a little couple days. <laughs> <laughs> Just skip it and game instead? Uh, we'll see what happens. Kenny, you're getting ready to take off, is that right? Yeah, school is done. Everything is turned in. So I got like four weeks off. It's pretty nice. But I'm going to head back to Maryland on uh, tomorrow, actually. And I have, we have Christmas, and then I have a uh, couple mega battles with my co-host from Combat Phase. We're going to play Man of War with, like, I think every fleet represented somewhere. And then we're going to do a big epic Armageddon battle with the squats in Chaos. Sure, sure. That sounds like good times there. All right, so what do we intend to cover today, Brian? I think there was some tournament thing that happened. It was yeah. a pretty merry, merry event. Yeah, we had a, a pretty very, <laughs> uh, we had a very merry mayhem, is uh, that recall. I think we're going to talk about that quite a bit. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and recover, re- recap that and, and talk about some some things here with the year-end wrap-up, I think, because this is the the last show we'll do for 2013. Yay! Another year's down the, down down the, the books. <laughs> what has everybody done the last couple of weeks as far as, uh, you know, besides mayhem? Um, do you guys play any other games, Warhammer or other uh, otherwise? Mayhem was a little bit of gaming I finally got in. Like I said, it was just the end of the semester, and I was busy with tests and all that bull crap, so <laughs> absolutely nothing happened in the hobby world. Okay. I guess recently with the end of semester, I go kind of cleaning crazy, so I was back to trying to organize my Warhammer stuff again, so sure. that happened a bit. It seems like you're always organizing your Warhammer stuff. Yeah, it's been like a... I think I probably officially decided to like a year ago, <laughs> but <laughs> it yeah, it's hard to find the time with school and... I go a little crazy with cleaning at the end of the semester, so sure, it's happening a bit. You go crazy with a paintbrush, that's what you really need to do. Yeah, I think, well, I'm planning to get some games in, so I think that'll help me want to put the paintbrush back on those ghouls. All Maybe right. I can finish them all in the week or whatever. All <laughs> right. You know, if you if you need to paint, if you need to clean, I have a lot of stuff over here. I'm doing pretty good on my, on my own. <laughs> I just, if, if you get lonesome, you know, and you're, and you're just looking for something to clean and paint... <laughs> I have a bachelor pad over here. 
could use some attention. <laughs> he might clean for models. I'm not sure though. Uh, He's not I, really I happy have, with I any of the current models. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of crap lying around. <laughs> All right. So anybody out there that you know, wants to go clean Kenny's stuff, he'll, he might throw you a dwarf model or two at you. <laughs> You'll probably need a snowblower and a leaf blower at the same time. <laughs> or a match. That might do it. <laughs> All right. So, Kenny, I think you were working on some hobby stuff leading up to Mayhem, trying to trying to get some new stuff on the table. Wasn't that right? Yeah, and I actually got most of it. I got everything done for Mayhem. Got that painted. I uh, played a couple games of Dreadball. But I did not get everything assembled I wanted to. But close enough. I'm getting everything ready for a big mega battle. So I'm putting together Man of War stuff and epic squats. It's kind of sad. They're all long gone. Space dwarfs don't exist anymore. Yeah. What's a space dwarf squat thing? I don't, well, wait a minute. First of all, it's round bases. What is that thing? <laughs> is that well, that death to the false emperor stuff that I keep spouting at those round basers when I see them? I mean, come on. I don't, I don't know what, what kind of hate crime was done there, but they're they're out of the universe now. But at least these for, uh, Epic, they're on square bases that are the same size as the 20-millimeter bases. So even though it's a futuristic game, they're on square bases. I feel a little bit happy there. There's that. <laughs> Getting something out of it. There is that, after all, because you know, square basing is where it's at. It is indeed. <laughs> and I almost, I almost got in a game of hordes, but uh, couldn't quite. I, the opponent didn't show up, so... That kind of ruined that. Yeah, there is that. That's a problem. Yeah, I'm. I might actually play that game again now that I, you know, 2013 is wrapping up and certain challenges are no longer with me. Yeah, I was having lab on Wednesday night. Was when I was usually playing War Machine. So maybe I'll get over there again too. I'm kind of anxious to paint some of those dudes, but I want to finish those ghouls up first. Yeah, it's it's a fun game, and and oh, there was one more game too played at the last square. Uh, and it was right before Mayhem testing out that terrible list I had. Uh, but that was where it was interrupted by some unexpected news about some things, which you're probably going to talk about later on in the show. Sure, sure. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Let's edit that out. <laughs> uh, I'm not even sure what, what news we're talking about yet, so we'll get there when we get there, I guess. I think I've played a couple of games recently. We'll make an announcement here for the last square. Folks that didn't know, the last square, unfortunately, is closing their doors at their current location, they're moving. If you're interested, we'll have up on the website what the new address is. They're looking at doing just uh, weekends for now at the new location and kind of see how it is. If you, if you know uh, the owners there, they're older folks. They're getting to the point where they wanted something closer to home. The rents and stuff, the cost of running a game store and being competitive in the Madison area when we have as many stores as we do, particularly in a specialist when they specialized more in the miniatures line of things. It was just getting to be too much for them, and they really were looking to back off on what they were doing. So good luck to them, and good luck at the new location. Unfortunately, that meant that this last Tuesday was our last Tuesday kind of get-together hurrah for the last square Warhammer. And I figured, well, I put all this effort this year into putting together my Tomb Kings and playing them, that I would take my Tomb Kings to the square for one last time and play them, and it was very bittersweet. I played Aaron, who is with the, we always call them the kids, as far as all us old-timers, we call them the kids <laughs> coming in, and Aaron uh, was playing his Ogre Kingdoms. It was a, a great game. I was uh, Honestly, he should have had me dead to rights. It was Battle for the Pass. He had double Sky Titan cannons. Uh, Where's your Screaming Skulls? Fight back. I, had, I don't have any <laughs> built and painted, so I only think I own one, and it ain't built and painted. 
one turn he shot both war sphinxes oh, off. Even though it was, <laughs> but then again, he shot he shot cannonballs at my casket of souls like five times. This thing's never tough, still isn't never it? wounded it because it's still toughness ten, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think it was the sixth cannonball. No, it's still toughness ten. Nice. So I think it was the sixth cannonball. Finally, they got it or something. <laughs> you know, I finally got to play Tomb Kings for the first time at Merry Mayhem. Well, that's it good. Just leaves Wood Elves. The last yeah. army I haven't played yet. You don't see a lot of yeah, them. Yeah, I was just gonna say you don't see a lot of them lately. I think we will in a few months, hopefully. Hopefully, if they get a book. Yeah, I'm holding out. I mean, I, I picked up a few models here and there for good deals, but I'm holding out for the book. I'd say now is the time. Pick up <laughs> yeah. the the common stuff. Dryads change everything. Dryads and archers. I don't think they'll change too much. The dryads and the archers are all fairly new models. I think they'll, you'll look at more of the metal kits like war dancers and wild riders, wild and riders, such. and those kind of things. Yeah, the whatever eternal guard. Yeah, whatever they decide <laughs> to put stags on monstrous cavity bases, I'm sure, or something. I wouldn't be surprised by that. Ooh, excited. But that was the news I was talking about, yeah, last square, so that was a, ah, a very yeah. uh, sudden shock, and we didn't we didn't quite know if it was real or not until we got confirmation later in the night. Because I ended up getting my notification on it, and I heard about it, because I missed going for like two weeks in a row leading up to Mayhem. I was just busy with tasks and stuff. And so I got everything via the internet and, and you guys kind of telling me and letting me know what's going on. And from there I was able to, you know, we were able to organize kind of this last hurrah. And it was, it was a good night. I, I had a great game, managed to eke out the victory. I was crafty as all heck. And <laughs> I mean, like the horse archers were brilliant again. Taking you know. down demons and such. Oh, against the, <laughs> I charged, I, I set it up so I had the horse archers on a hill. <laughs> and they got were able to rear charge one of the Sky Titan cannons. <laughs> so charge down a hill, so high ground bonus, rear bonus, charge bonus. So I was up by four. The ogre on it managed to kill one horse archer. Holy cow. I win combat by three. <laughs> it breaks and I miss running it down. Oh, ah, it was the that would have been the Not the, another trophy for the that horse archers. Would have been <laughs> Yeah, it was, you know, I had, it was my first time running Archon the Black, too. And, oh, really? and Archon was What'd just. What did you think of that? Archon was just destroying things. Was on he on a flying chariot, or is he not? No, nope, I had him on foot. Oh. <laughs> flying chariot. <laughs> yeah, that, that definitely sounds like a, a horrible idea. <laughs> probably. You can, you well, can probably listen to it with last two year. Sky Titan cannons. Yeah, you can probably listen to our game of that last year when, yeah. when Archon Claws got beat off the table <laughs> by a bunch of pansies. <laughs> Archon Claws. He got killed by a, a snowman game one at Mayhem. Oh. Yeah, Andrew was being a good sport. He he had me, and he just brought his stuff in towards the blender in the center. But it was fun to see a snowman kill him. <laughs> uh, well, Archon made his made his uh, debut at Last Square this week. You have an Archon model? I used one of my Lich Priests. I don't know that there's an actual Archon model. An actual so, one, no. so I used my Reaper Lich Priest that I had that I thought he looked cool, and he's actually got some armor on him stuff, which Archon comes with light armor, I think. So he looked sure. pretty cool as a model. I really like the fig. So I've been playing other games, Warhammer here and there. Like I said, I missed a lot of a lot of Warhammer leading up to Mayhem. It's really been, I thought, as prepared as I was getting ready for that, getting ready for... Still this big event, there was still a lot of stuff just to kind of finalize in time being consumed and list checking and printing materials, putting together the packets, trying to double check everything. I really got to find some recruits to help do some of that secretarial work and proofread my stuff because... I helped you a bit last year, but yeah, like I said, I kind of disappeared. Uh, it ended up being <laughs> pushed back one more week this year and ended up being so close to finals for everyone that... 
that I think uh, that was a, a disadvantage for Mayhem yeah. as a whole because then it was the people that I would normally get to help out or I might be able to loop into into that were too busy with finals and studying and that kind of thing too. So lesson learned for next year. I was going to say crazy. something about that too, that the timing wasn't the best for me. <laughs> it's like, this yeah. sucks, but it still worked out. Yeah, it was a lot of folks. Usually we're the first weekend of December too, and it just worked out that with with the way things were that we wanted the second weekend and, and we did lose some people too and that wanted to sign up and turn out so i i'm pretty sure we were probably five to ten people short oh, really? of what we could have had hmm. plus it seems to me that earlier in december these days is better weather wise so if we hit that first weekend we don't have a snowstorm that causes a bunch of issues weather wise so eh, lessons learned well you never know if that's going to happen it's hard to predict, but it is it's usually always something on mayhem. Yeah, <laughs> we did we did go two years in a row with nothing, and then this year was yeah. finally. And if we would have had it the weekend before, there would have been nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, next year Godzilla is going to run rampant through Madison. Zombie apocalypse, something. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be fun. Well, you know, with some notice, I don't mind helping you out next year. I ran into the finals crunch too, and you know, coming here late in the year, I cut on this train a little bit late. But now that I know, see if I can uh, offer you some assistance for next year. This year, I was really quite secretive with a lot of materials for for mayhem so the products like the uh, the scenarios and the packets and stuff like that were really if you since i didn't expose that to anybody prior to submitting their lists i didn't want to show it afterwards because there were still people there was still like 25 percent of the field at the time when i at november 15th that hadn't submitted their lists and it wasn't fair then to let people who you know to expose those materials to people that were registered for the event so that kind of made it a challenge as to who I could actually ask to do some of that work too. Whereas I think in years past as well, even though I think it, I've only really had Brian help, uh, you know, it, it, in years past there was more, it was just out there. I had always exposed yeah. it and, and put it out there. All the scenarios were posted and whatever. So then it was a lot easier to get like some of the local guys to help out and, and pre- review some of the materials and make sure that something like the major objective was on all the round score <laughs> sheets and stuff like that. Yeah, well, you know, any anything we can do. We appreciate how much you put into running these events and everything. So it's yeah. a role I'm familiar with, and if there's something I can do to help you, I'd like to. I'd like to have Games Workshop do me a favor and not jack the prices <laughs> up on their product again because it's getting harder and harder to, to amass a nice giant pile of stuff to give away. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't mind. I don't mean to complain about prices. Normally, I mean it's a, we're miniatures gamers. We we kind of assume that with whatever game we're going to play, that we're going to pay a premium price if we want premium quality models. But when it comes to something where you're giving away a ton of models for charity, that difference between a thirty dollar box and a thirty five dollar box, you know, like five dollar increased, really makes a difference. Even when stores and, and stuff are helping you out and kicking in 20, 30% discounts on stuff. And it, that really does make a difference. So I definitely was a tough, tougher this year probably than any previous year to supply everything we did for the charity raffle. Still had quite a bit though. We, we had a lot of help from a lot of our friends. I got one other thing I think we'll go ahead and touch on here before break. And that is since we're closing in on the year end here, there's an obvious thing with this this painting challenge between Andrew and I. Uh-oh. Now, <laughs> Andrew has a, a good-sized lead at this point. I think he's 20-some models up on me right now. What the heck, Conzi? Yeah, that is that is a big what's the hex. 
Got one I, week. I honestly, <laughs> I, you know, uh, Mayhem has. Re- I, I, I underestimated the amount of time sync the Mayhem would be. It's also put me behind where I'd wanted to be on my Skaven army. I was really hoping to be able to use that at PACA this year, and now I'm getting down to a list submission for PACA, and I'm not sure I'm going to have the army the army wanted to take painted in time. I only got like a month for that. Well, I'd like to be able to get it on the table a little more and be able to use it. You don't want to know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to know what I'm doing. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm I'm interested to see where we're at at the end of the year, but it's been a great time. Uh, thanks to Andrew. I'm not going to give him congrats yet, but I mean, there's congrats <laughs> for both of us in order. You know, I'm, not, I'm not giving up until the, the fat lady sings and the final counts are in on Jan, Jan one, December 31st. You're out painting till 12 o'clock. That's, that's what it's going to be. <laughs> My new year's Eve is going to be painting till midnight. That's what the fire hose. official timekeeper coming to see where <laughs> yeah. you Stop your brush at midnight. We'll have to have a wit- we'll have to have witnesses on both ends to see you know to verify what we what we actually finished on time. I can oh. picture you with like a big vat of paint and just dipping by the machine hundreds <laughs> each time. I refuse to dip. <laughs> some big some big uh, factory. I, I still have plans on how I'm going to still maybe pull this off, but it's Ooh. going to take a lot of work and. And I'm sure Andrew won't lay down here these last few days. So either way, it's been a great 2013. And this having to play with painted models for the Kelsey's Channel Challenge all year, that's been a huge motivator. I can't I can't believe I would have ever finished my Tomb Kings if I would have uh, not had to play with them painted. Probably definitely not as fast anyway. Well, I, I think oh. I would. I think the interest was oh. definitely weaned off the list, and then all of a sudden I was back all, to every, okay. I can't field it anymore. It. Yeah. And then I had to, you know, buckle down and get it done. That makes sense. I think I'm going to apply that same. I'm. I'm definitely come 2014. Uh, I'm not going to stick to that same Conzie's challenge last year. <laughs> Sorry. I, I. There are games I want to play, but I'm going to stick to that with a Skaven. I think I'm going to try to force myself to finish. That sounds the army. good army specific as long as it doesn't get put to the wayside. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, you know, I, I've got so I've got dark elves and stuff I can play right now that I'm uh-huh. really interested in playing. That's true. But I've there's some things I'd like to try in my dark elf army that I can't try yet. Yeah. Be, because I don't, don't have, have them built and painted, models. and I can't prioritize. You know, with my painting, if I want to get the skaven done, I couldn't prioritize the dark elves to get done. So this will give me a chance to play the dark elves and play some of the new units and do some things with the witch elves and stuff that I wouldn't have otherwise got to do in, in this year mm-hmm. because of the, the challenge and still be able to really focus on the projects that I want to finish. So hopefully we'll see. And then I, I definitely, you know, this lets me be able to play hordes and war machine because the focus to paint that stuff right now is really low on the totem pole. <laughs> well, I'm going to take a page from you and try that too, but I'm going to go for trying to paint the stuff I already have that is all backlogged. And then not so much the new stuff that I want to get and actually play. So I'm going to join uh, one of the painting challenges that some of the podcasts do, like the uh, independent characters is 40k one, and I'm going to sign up for that with Space Wolves, which is actually smarter because that's a low model count army. So that'll be like a little bit less daunting, and that way I can kind of get caught up on what I have and not have to worry about it so much. Yeah. If, yeah, unfortunately, I couldn't do anything at all. <laughs> I paint so slow. You, you I would just, never play a game again. <laughs> yeah, you just like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give up playing Warhammer this year I while trying, I work on painting. Like, in organizing my stuff, I was trying to think about like I have a lot of models that I got like secondhand or just like 
if I'm playing something that's not the actual model and stuff, I think I'm going to try and get away from that. I usually I'm not too bad with it, so it won't be that big of a deal. But well, it depends on what's around you too. Having having a community now and having the options to play games, uh-huh. like there are options here in Madison and Chicago is not that far away for you know some of the fun games. So that that's pretty good. And my first Adepticon's coming up, so that's going to totally change my life as far as miniature gaming goes. I think <laughs> just being exposed to things I didn't know were there. Yeah, it's definitely the getting exposed to all of the events that are going on and on all of the places that people play and game at. That's a big deal. And there's an, another big kind of note in the news for the Midwest gaming scene. Folks might want to know about. I'm not sure how much it'll be talked about on the other mid, on the other Midwest shows, but apparently the Chicago Battle Bunker has officially going to sign off in january now all right so that'll be going away which just kind of mm-hmm. sucks for us i remember when the bunker was first built and first put up there i was when i was first getting into the outrider program and if you guys don't know what the outrider program was back in the day games <laughs> workshop had a, a bunch of volunteers that would help run events and staff events like games day and then we would also run intros and do tournaments for the for the local game stores and such to try to help boost interest and and for whatever reason the program was stopped at Games Workshop and now about every other company out there that does miniatures has a similar program. Yeah, I know. Privateer Press does. Privateer Press, Malifaux, brilliant uh, program. Cool mini or not, they've all modeled the same <laughs> program and they're all doing the same thing the Games Workshop used to do. So I must must have must have worked. I know there were some people in the program that t- took advantage of it and probably made it more sour than than it should have been. Now they 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 changed the the store quite a bit from what it was you know a cool paint bar and a cool place to hang out to uh, just a bunch of tables with a bunch of you know Games Workshop product and and one guy really working there all the time and and it it just lost some of the pizzazz and now it's mm. finally seeing the end of its days and it's it's a sad moment for us here but at the same time I got to say I haven't. I haven't spent a lot of time at the bunker shop there and, you know, myself. I mean, it's a two and a half hour drive to get there, but, uh, there's been quite a few events there in the past and everything. Yeah. There were a lot of, I was very thankful to be able to play a lot of events over the, over the years at the bunker, you know, club challenges, tournaments. I've never been there myself. Those kind of things. And, and it was a great, a great resource for the local guys to be able to have that. And hopefully, uh, somebody in the Chicagoland area, game store wise, will be able to fill that kind of void that the bunker was for us war gamers. So you guys need a, a Midwest version of Drop Zone Games. That's the one we have out in Baltimore. It was the old site where GW's headquarters used to be, and they had their battle bunker there at the headquarters. And these guys that worked there like bought the area, and they keep expanding. And they have like forty something professional tables in there, and just everything. It's like a, a, a it's like heaven for war gamers, basically. Sounds like Dugan's Delve. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> Future vision of what would be Dugan's Delve. Yeah. No, uh, that's that's kind of the challenge because it's. I gotta imagine the rents and stuff are, are high and trying to, to support that. Now, just off a of Games Workshop product, that's probably pretty tough to su- support. Um, maybe somebody will be able to backfill that in with multiple different war games. I know here in Madison, losing the square in the way, it's really not gone, but it, we're essentially, it's lost for weekly gaming. Yeah, it's, that's I'm, a lot of game space we're losing, you know. I hope we had a really good crew put together there. <laughs> I hope we're able to stick through it. 
Yeah, it's going to be a hard blow to hoping that transitions well to to the new nights at Pegasus Games. Um, and it's going to be Monday nights at Pegasus Games here on the west side. And it's good to have Pegasus kind of be able to fill in that hole. Um, we're we're running out of options though. If if something happened to Pegasus, you know, there's really not an option for any for wargaming here for us in the future. So. <laughs> we'll be we'll be gaming out of Conzie's basement, and it'll be back to click gaming, and that's really unfortunate. Uh-huh. Well, we'll we'll do something. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. I mean, that's the but the there's always the advantage when you're playing in someplace public. You, people will see it. People will eventually slowly yeah. creep in. And as we've seen over the last couple of years with war gaming at the square, that group of what was one, two, three individuals has turned into a group of. 15 to 20 regular individuals which has been really exciting yeah i think that's all from the store too because i know even sometimes they don't recognize me i'll come in there and buy something they'll be like hey you should come on tuesday night or whatever they're always really good about that yep and hopefully we can build that relationship with pegasus again too all right folks let's go ahead and take a break here when we come back we'll go ahead and get into the cheese curd and then we're going to talk our gaming spotlight as well are you tired of playing the same group of guys in your basement every week? Check out the WWHFB, Wisconsin Warhammer Fantasy Battles League. Check it out at WWHFB.com with regions in Madison, Milwaukee, Stevens, Point, and La Crosse. Anywhere in Wisconsin, you're going to find somebody to play. WWHFB.com, Wisconsin Warhammer Fantasy Battles League. Now it's time for the cheese curd. What are we curding about? Okay, so I've got a <laughs> question that kind of came up at Merry Mayhem, and I figured we'd go ahead, there's the three of us here, we'll go ahead and discuss it a little more in depth and get everybody's takes. I know what my take was on this, and I know how I feel, but I'd like to kind of get your idea in, ideas in how this should be handled. So the question was, we've got a unit that's essentially four models wide, and that's all it is. It's four models. The, model, the unit is composed of a champion, standard bear, a musician, and one regular trooper. When when allocating wounds, what models should be allocated wounds to first and the order of removal of said models? Dun, dun, dun. So, <laughs> wow. You guys have a lot of feedback on that one. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I kind of saw the moment where... This came up and it was interesting, but I mean, usually flat out you'd say just like the standard trooper is going to be removed first. These happen to be multi wound models when it became a problem too. Yeah, I don't think it matters so, though if it was multi wound or single wound models well, as far as where how why, you handle this. Yeah, I think if you take that out of it, it makes it pretty simple. I mean, obviously the multi wound models had a lot bigger bases too, which kind of screwed up the what was happening, but. I mean, it's pretty normal that the regular trooper is going to get removed first, I guess. That's that's kind of the way I would think, too. You wouldn't... And in the situation in, that was brought to our attention and we were trying to make a ruling on, the player wanted to allocate and remove the musician model. And then, since somebody else in the unit would pick up the musician, would then place the musician in the position in the unit where the um, standard trooper was standing. Mm-hmm. Essentially, the standard trooper picked up the musician. So essentially, he was allocating the wounds to the musician model. And then assuming that since the, 
there, somebody else would pick up the musician that that model would. Now, I don't think that that's really right. I think when you get to wound allocation on units here, this is you you remove standard troopers first, then remove the musician, then the standard bearer, then the champion. And I think that's the way it's really outlined in the rule book. I think so. I guess it does get kind of I don't remember where it says it in the book, but it does it's, get kind of screwy where it says gray. like obviously like these dudes up front here, the musician and the standard are ever going to get cut down or whatever, but that's the idea where somebody else picks it up. But usually that's kind of not model specific. That's meaning just take your guys off the back or whatever, remove the standard troopers first. Well, so. it's on, I was grabbing my book while you were saying that, and it's on page 95, and they have a little summary at the end too, where the rank-and-file models are always removed first. Then when there are no rank-and-file models remain, you take the musician, then the standard bearer, then the champion. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think it is – now, I wasn't at that table when that happened, but, I mean, it, the question sounds pretty simple looking at what we have here. I think it's pretty straightforward, and then – like, it doesn't really end up being that big of a deal. Like, I mean, I think you brought it up right away. It's like at the end of the combat or whatever, he wants to reform, go for it. You know, you can move the the – the thing was that it brought a few models out of contact, I guess, for the combat or whatever. Well, I don't even think it and, did – it did really that at that time. It no. was going to – he would have been able to reform at the end of combat yeah. to bring additional models in at that so point. That kind of made it like a moot point to yeah. me, I guess, was like, you should really yeah, remove that core dude first, and then if you wanted to form him back up or whatever, they could do that just with the reform at the end. Yeah, and I don't want to get into specifics because I think uh, if people that were in this game <laughs> listen to this, they'll know who, you're yeah. ta- who we're talking about. But uh, thanks, Kenny, for looking that up. Uh, I had really looked on my due diligence. I just kind of was hoping that everybody would have a take <laughs> and maybe validate where my was coming yeah. from, but also, but also give me some additional feedback because I can see it going either way. Yeah. At the time, I, mean, I was both both players are excellent players. They know the rules very well. You know, it was a tough call for me, but uh, I went with what I thought it was, yeah. and sounds like I went right, and, I and hopefully so. it'll add some additional clarification there with the. The rule, and that was on what page ninety five, Kenny? Yeah, page ninety five. I think the page numbers are the same in this big and small, but if yep. not, it's the small one. It's got the picture of the dwarf musician there. Yeah, they're even the same from the small <laughs> one to the collector's edition. So exactly. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, I got to pick up the PDF of this here too. Excellent. So, but you know, I mean, if you're doing this in a friendly game, then you can do the dice roll. But in you know a tournament where you have a judge, it's a yeah. different story. But I mean, again, I wasn't there for the total situation. But even then, it seems pretty. Question: This seems yeah pretty. But anytime there's like a rules thing, I always like to see what the book says and just see where it's left to interpretation and any question could be yeah, put in there. Yeah, it's always good to kind of revisit. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to kind of bring it up here as a revisit is it's just a, to help learn so that in the future we don't make that same mistake. And I'll tell you what, you know, from here on out, this will stick for me forever. I mean, this is one of those things that, well, it'll probably stick with me. I'll be to be like playing 10th edition and I'll be still <laughs> trying to apply this rule. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a really good yeah thing just about learning the rules in general. When something comes up, just make sure you figure it out, and then usually you'll have it straight from there on out. There's that. So that was definitely something we wanted to go ahead and, and bring up. Another thing in the cheats curve that we wanted to bring up, and, and this was brought to us uh, by Kenny, actually. And Kenny kind of wanted to poke at us about this whole weight loss thing, in particular my weight loss, and, and we haven't really talked about it a whole lot here on the show as everybody knows, uh, in to 2013 and coming off of 2012, it was a huge goal of mine to drop 
some serious weight. I won't lie, I, I've not done a good job in the last probably four months, five months of dropping or continuing to, to really focus hard on the dieting and I haven't had any significant weight loss, but it has been, I started out at almost 400 pounds last, it would have been two bits ago, two blood in the suns ago, so it would have been last, not, it would have been what, it's 2013 now, so 2012, June, June or July of 2012, I was nearly 400 pounds, and as of today, I'm like at 320-ish, plus or minus, so... Awesome. Uh, you know, it's, that's an 80 pound, that's near an 80, well, it's about a 70 pound drop. I've been about able to kind of maintain that drop and, and, and moving into 2014, that's definitely a goal of mine is to continue that weight loss. And for anybody that's, guys are, there's a, a number of ways to do it, whether you do the, the garage hammer sponsored thing where, where they're trying to get together and, and do that gamers weight loss deal or if or if you're just going to do it on your own um myfitnesspal.com has been kind of my friend throughout this being logging my food tracking what i eat i need to get back into that ritual and habit brian you don't need to obviously you're you're like you're skinny I can't, bones I can't still. eat enough yeah yeah you, someday someday it'll catch up to you eventually your chest my dad always said his chest fell and that that was when he, then that was when it happened uh, um, sad times yeah, and Kenny, I think you're you were dropping some weight. I'm not sure where, but <laughs> <laughs> you're you're pretty you seem pretty thin to me too, but everybody seems thin to me, but <laughs> Well, you know, I had a problem too with uh, I was up like uh for me, for my tiny little, you know, bird frame, it was what I thought was a little bit of a weight a while ago and then I had this great program a few years ago where I lost like thirty pounds and then slowly put it back on. So I was trying to it's not so much a number as it is, I guess, shape. And I wanted to fit back in my clothes. That I, when I got to Madison, I was down to like a few pairs of pants I could fit into. And I'm like, I'm not going because I got rid of all my bigger clothes when I lost all the weight on this. I'm not going back. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel pretty good. I've lost uh, 15 pounds since I moved here in August. Yeah, I can say I grew out of that that run when I moved up to 400 pounds. I had definitely grown out of clothes. Now, being a bigger guy, when you're that large, you're really tough on clothes to begin with. So I, I would, you know, most of that old stuff I never got really back into because it just got pitched as it got as I got too big for it. But there were a few pairs of work pants and stuff that I was able to fit into much more comfortably, and it was really noticeable. And it was like, this is nice, you know. <laughs> and it was a point where I some of the new clothes I had bought for myself at that 400, you know, that near 400-pound mark didn't fit anymore. They were like... Even with a belt, it was like really bad. And like, hey, this is awesome. You know, this is that was a cool. That's always a cool feeling. So hopefully, 2014, I can drop another 50, 60 pounds. I'd really like to to get down to like 250 ish. That's kind of my target goal, and then we'll do reevaluate from there. And it's been a slow kind of process, but it's it's also something that's it's hard to do mentally quite a bit because of the you know. The way you might want to eat. Ooh, there's that easy pizza, or ooh, there's some chips, or ooh, there's Ben smoking pulled pork again. And <laughs> it's just way too good. You know, maybe that's something I should talk about on my show for a little bit too. The entire, uh, like, I guess that weight loss in the gamer hobby, because it's something we've dealt with before, even getting back into mini games with like the LARP, and we had, um, you know, we had we had some folks that we knew that. Uh, and so we tried to, you know, get people mobilized. And then when there was Google Buzz that was going around, 
that was really great actually because one person would say, hey, I'm going to do this and everybody else would just jump on and be supportive and then they would do it too. And it was just amazing how all of a sudden all these gamers got mobilized and just were losing collective like tons of weight. So it was just really neat to see that and I saw it happen and over here too and it's just been neat to see people, you know, support each other and go through that progress. Yeah, in in that being overweight, it's not it's not necessarily I want I don't want to like group centric it to gamers, but particularly tabletop gamers in particular, you know, we tend to be people that are lead more sedentary lives, we're not as active as say so other people that are they're doing something and it's this is not t- this is not all and this is not everybody but this tends to be i mean and, and this is for i mean i've people i know that i've rpg uh, role-playing gamed with people i've board gamed with there tends to be more larger heavy set people and and it was great being able to kind of talk about it on the show over over the you know that last half of 2012 and into 2013 and then go to events and stuff and people would see see the difference and be like dude you we can really see it and we're, you're really inspiring so i want to get back to that because that was something that i would really like to be be able to lead the charge a little bit on and in, in helping reduce the size the average size of of the gamer so yeah. you uh, can do it <laughs> so yeah so that that kind of brings up our that wraps up our cheese curd segment though uh, that was great we want to do a gaming spotlight now normally in the gaming spotlight section we talk about uh pick a one game usually it's a board game and we kind of talk about how great it is for five or ten minutes and and let you know about it because we feel that table uh, board gaming goes kind of hand in hand with what we do as miniatures gamers so and, and i i don't know a mini i don't know very many miniatures gamers and warhammer players that don't also like board gaming so it's kind of nice to be able to expose everybody to a new board game and give maybe a recommendation but this time the game uh the gaming spotlight we want to kind of talk about what you know pick a game that wasn't warhammer that you've maybe played in the last year that you thought was really cool and let's talk a little bit about that and so uh let's start with uh you kenny do you have a, a game that you played in the last year that you thought was really cool and might be worth bringing up that that we you know wouldn't maybe wouldn't be known about to our other war gamers so are you talking about a game, like one instance of a game, or a new game that uh, I tried? A, an actual game. Now, it wouldn't be one instance, maybe a new game that you've played, um, or a game that you've played and really liked for years that's that's not Warhammer. I guess for miniature side, I would have to say Dreadball. I really started trying Dreadball really this year, at the beginning of this year. Uh, and then that was just, that's been a lot of fun. It's just a great game. People were doing it at the square. Sure. But I'm also kind of tied for a, I guess you say a board game. Have you ever heard of Quarriers? Yes, Quarriers game. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun, and I got reacquainted with a buddy Jan back in Maryland before I moved again. But uh, we were hanging out together, and he introduced me to this game. We play with his wife sometime, and that was really a lot of fun. Actually, pretty simple game. Sure. So Dreadball. Let's, let's start with Dreadball. Dreadball is kind of a game of of futuristic sports. It's kind of a mix of, in my mind, it's almost a mix of basketball and maybe like hockey or something as far as the way the game plays. And Have you ever, what was that, Battlestar Galactica, the, the most recent, oh, the newer version? Yeah. They had a game that they would play. I think it was called. There was a sports game that was like part of the universe there that they would talk about a lot. 
but it was kind of like that. Yeah, very, very, very kind of similar. Yeah, so it's very, it's a very fun, very fast paced kind of game. Uh, once you get it, the hang of it down, it takes about an hour to play. Uh, and I, I don't know. I, I've had a, I got to also play Dreadball a bit this year. Not as much as I would have liked, but I had a blast playing it. And I would love to play some more games here come the next year. I know that's one that you hadn't played yet, Brian. Yeah, but I was just gonna say I haven't played it yet, but I mean, it sounded pretty cool. Yeah, I'd be willing to give it a try for sure. And I have a spare team too, which is even better. Nice. There's lots of ways to play it. I mean, they had the, the Kickstarter's come out season two and three. They have the ultimate, and they're coming out with new ways. So it's it's so cheap. Uh, it seems like just very very simple, easy game to play, and you can make it interesting in a lot of ways. And it's short. Yeah, it's really, you know game, overall gameplay is not terribly long. And then Quarriers, you, you mentioned there. Quarriers is uh for those of you guys that don't know it is a dice game. Where, but it's a if you're familiar with deck builders like say Dominion, where you uh, each turn you have a certain amount of money essentially available or some kind of spending credits or whatever you want to call it, um, and you're able to go buy a new card. Well, instead in Quarriers you roll your dice that generates your purchasing power as well as your attack power and. You can then spend your purchasing power to be able to you, to pick which monsters you want to actually summon and be able to attack with, and then the remaining purchasing power you can use to purchase new dice, and then from there you have the ability to quell dice as well to get dice that maybe aren't as effective out of your bag, so that you can so that you have better odds of drawing out of your bag better dice than the, on f- further turns, and your bag essentially becomes a deck. So it's a very interesting kind of mechanic. And it's usually plays fairly quick, and that's a ton of fun too. So it's a good, it's actually a really good recommendation. It's it's good. I I would say Quarriers is a good game if you have some some ten or twelve year olds around too, and they don't have a uh, a great attention span for some of the more complex games. It's a great Quarriers would be a great game for them as well. All right, Brian, what did you play? Do you have anything that you played this year that that you thought was really I good? I haven't played too much, unfortunately. I mean, I have a hard time just getting to play Warhammer and the usual stuff. But I know we talked about it before once already, but Lords of Waterdeep I thought was really fun. I mean, that's something I'd definitely like to play again. Yeah. And I thought that was definitely a good game. So that that one stands out for me for the few I have played, sure. but that was probably my favorite and pretty good game. Lords of Waterdeep is a very popular game. Now, Brian, have you played it with the expansions yet, the the, the latest under, Underbout and Skullport expansion? I saw it right away when it came out. And I, like I watched the gameplay, I was dumb and didn't join in for whatever reason. Sure. <laughs> but I think maybe you were I, here late or something. Well, was it I here or was it at no, else's that house? was a, at the Pegasus. They had okay. like a game. Well, I don't even think it was a game night. Just I showed up for War Machine, and like everybody had their cool games after like Gen Con or some sure something like that. So everybody was playing those instead. But okay, yeah, I just kind of sat out of it. But yeah, the expansion seemed interesting enough. I think there were some cool like buildings and stuff it added was cooler than the actual like kind of like curse mechanic thing or whatever it added i don't remember what they called it exactly but you more or less had like negative points yeah yeah generally. so i've played a lot of lords of Waterdeep, so mm-hmm. i've gotten in lords of Waterdeep is uh basically a worker placement type game where you place your your agents and those agents then allow you to gather resources what they call adventurers of different types mm-hmm. And then your adventurers that you have gathered to your tavern, you can send them to complete quests. So that's a, it's a really cool mechanic. And 
unfortunately, one of the things is when you play the core game as much as I think I've played, because everybody and my brother that I think I know pretty much has <laughs> a copy of this. Yep. In fact, we gave away another copy of it at Merry Mayhem. I know. I was kind of hoping to win that of other <laughs> things that were there. So I, I played it to death to the point where it was starting to get old and kind of really repetitive. Yeah. I kind of noticed that just like the few times I've been playing it, too. The people who have played it so much kind of have, I don't know, it's kind of the same thing every time to them i guess where i'm still kind of figuring it out and learning it's like they have it all figured out and it's not as interesting of a game at that point and that was where the new expansions have really the new the new expansion boards and and the expansion has really uh breathed new life into it and, and given it so much more replayability now at that i you know i'm happy playing a game of normal lords of waterdeep but playing with that with playing with the expansions is just brilliant so is it cuz you don't know it as well yet or is it that varying varying now i think there's an, i think there's just enough additional variation now that um each game becomes more unique now i will say i've only played a handful of games with the expansion at this point probably a half dozen maybe probably six games with the expansion that's still quite so a few. that's still that's still <laughs> quite i mean it's quite a few but it's not as many I, like i played lords of waterdeep probably you know 20 times over the <laughs> wow. course you know over the course of a year you know i have a regular board game group i'm blessed to be able to do that and have you know have a group that we can play with and and it was an easy one especially when you have like a new guy kind of show up or something like yeah, that's an easy sure. one to get them we tend to play more what, what are termed euro style games which are, tend to be more strategy based worker based worker placement based oftentimes yeah. uh tend to be drier and lords of Waterdeep is a great introductory game to that style of game so if people like that then they could move on to maybe an acre cola or uh, uh or some of the other games that are more in that same kind of genre or, or line of gaming uh so so we kind of use that as a launch pad for those folks so sure. that was nice that's kind of why i wanted to win it too is because i mean i don't outside of like the my hobby gamers i know like my regular friends and stuff do actually like playing some games to some extent but finding ones that like i'd be interested but i get pretty bored with regular board games so sure i was thinking that would be something i could actually play with my normal friends too sure now i'll go ahead and, and i had a game thought of that i wanted to talk about Part of the reason we we wanted to, I wanted to do this is kind of talk about games that we've played for the years. Not only it's a kind of the year end show, but but uh, I know neither, I'm pretty sure neither of you have played uh, this game, and that's Terra Mystica. And I've, I wanted to talk about it for a while. Yeah, I'm not familiar. So Terra Mystica is a game where you basically are playing uh, one of a fantasy race. Whether you could be playing, say, halflings or mermaids or witches or dwarves, giants, various different races in the game. And your goal is to basically terraform the planet to be, the, the, the lands to match your race's, uh, unique land type so so you're all competing to you're you're all take over the world <laughs> essentially you're all competing to take over the world and so the game the game plays you know, if you pick a, a spot on the board you know you pick your you pick your race and say maybe i'm playing mermaids and mermaids have a couple of special abilities and you're trying to build as well as not only trying to terraform the the lands to you know think mermaids you're wanting to terraform <laughs> the lands to water features but then you're also, when you're terraforming those lands, you're building structures which let you 
gather more resources each turn, but de- depending on the different resource type. And eventually you can turn your resource, you know, the number of resources that are interconnected can turn into cities. Cities give you big bonuses. Um, there's different building types, such as like a fortress or, or, or uh, I think they call them strongholds and temples that give you uh, things that you can do maybe on a religion, on a religious basis. So there's a couple of ra- races that tend to be more religious. They tend to, to work towards that better. There's a religion track as well with uh, the, basically the religions are, are elemental based. So you have uh, air, fire, water, and earth, I think it is on the, on that. So you're basically whatever. They don't get into the details of of the of the mythos. It's essentially your certain races are are more orientated towards that, those tracks and less orientated maybe to doing the terraforming and the other things on the board. Just a great game. If gameplay once you play with a group, once you get your group down, plays uh, uh, hour and a half pretty easily. So it's a great weeknight kind of game. Setup isn't too bad. Lots of great, really good components. Plays up to five players. I would say you need you really want three or four players to play it though personally, but a really good game. The first time I've gotten a chance to talk about it, so probably my probably my favorite game that I've played from a, as far as a board game in 2013. Cool. All right, folks, let's go ahead and uh, if you don't have anything extra to add as far as games we've played this year, let's go ahead and take a break. Okay. And when we come back, we'll go ahead and talk about Mary Mayhem. Yes, we are. We are back, and we are going to go ahead and talk now a little bit about the Merry Mayhem experience and what Merry Mayhem is. So uh, we've talked about this a little bit in the past shows. I probably heard about it a bunch, but if you're tuning in for the first time, you want to know what you know. Uh, you want to know about what Merry Mayhem was or is. Merry Mayhem is a charity event for Toys for Tots, which encompasses multiple different war games. So this year we had Warmer Fantasy. 40k and privateer press or its war machine game we had um just over we probably had 100 i think we we're probably close to 100 players total when you With start counting in yeah. staff and whatever we're probably um closing in on 110 participants in this year's merry mayhem which is a new record for us yay trying to manage that we did that over not only did we goal this year and get our own venue so we did it at a local vfw hall which will get your, gather you guys' thoughts about that in a second but we also ran it simultaneously with the last square so the last square was running our 40k event and had 26 players turn out for that which was crazy um much better than we did the previous year of course it probably did help that that was the last 40k tournament that was going to happen at the square at that at that location we uh 
did a great job doing things for our charities and our um, and, and all of our participants. We also had, uh, I should say, we had one other thing going on. We did have Cool Mini or Not there demonstrating their, their Dark Age game, which was really cool. So that was a great kind of thing to have people do and try and check out in between games. And is a game that I would really like to actually try and get going because it doesn't look like the investment. The rules are online for free. You're looking at what fifty dollars? I think it was 50, between fifty and sixty dollars for a starter box, and you probably wouldn't have to buy a whole lot of models past the starter box for most of the stuff to to be able to have fun basement games, which is all I really would want to do with it. So, that being said, let's go ahead and let's. Talk about the venue quick here for Mary Mayhem. We're going to focus on the Warhammer Fantasy side on the show. Um, I point out that if you wanted to check out the, the Hordes War Machine side, you could go ahead and tune into the Crippled Systems podcast. Andy was uh, the, one of the hosts on Crippled System, was there with his recording gear and recorded some interviews from, from players playing in the event. And they'll tell you all about the Who's the Boss event and how crazy fun that was. So let's talk a little bit, guys, about the venue. What did you think uh, about the VFW Hall? What positives, negatives? I guess, I mean, I had two main points about it. I guess it was really cool having our own venue space and stuff like that. Of course, there's not a store there for hobby, but that doesn't really matter too much. And there is a bar there also. I think was enjoyed by many of the players. Nobody got like blitzed or anything like that, but VFW has super cheap beer. So <laughs> I know that was a very high comment made by a lot of the players. You could get like two beers for the price you'd normally pay for one. Yeah, we were cheaper beer prices than what, <laughs> than what pack of beer prices I think is the, the deal. It was. Yeah, I think it was like 250 or something ridiculous. I was, I was paying I 275 for yeah. the on tap liney seasonal beer. So yep. <laughs> that's pretty nuts. So that was cool. Um, the only downside I really noticed, of course, we had a lot of like independent setup to do, which, I mean, run an event, that doesn't really matter. But in playing the games, it was really loud. It was just hard to hear your opponent just across the table. It seemed yeah, like it was just yeah, hard to hear in there for whatever reason they compared to other places Sound absorption was not very that good. That didn't happen, episode, yeah. yeah. So that was really the only downside, but otherwise I thought it worked really well. Kenny, you have any anything to add? Oh, I thought it was great. I thought the beer was good and it was cheap, and they had you guys brought in food, so that worked out. There was an ATM in there, which was helpful, so we didn't have to run across the street. Plenty of parking; it wasn't far away. No, I liked it. I think the sound is something you're going to run into at every event. I haven't been to a tournament yet where I've not had that problem. Yeah, there's some. We could have done. I think there's some things going into it next year if we decide we want to do it there. That we might be able to do to help with the sound. We could put up some. We can put together and manufacture some sound walls and put them up or something like that. Yeah. Or look at what might be available for rental from like an, a company like Event Essentials to see if we can we can do something like that to help cut the way at least the sound travels maybe from one side of the room to the other. But yeah, it was overall volume was an issue. I definitely from my part trying to communicate things and where where there were clarifications that need to be clarified across the across the event um, such as how to use the rerolls <laughs> or how to indicate your major objective it was very difficult as a to to try to communicate that so that was a challenge that we're gonna have to try to overcome for next year's event if we stay at that venue just have to get you a microphone yeah wouldn't they have <laughs> one don't they have like 
on like bingo or something at those kind of places when they don't they have like a mic or something? I'm sure there's some kind of PA system in there. There might have been. I didn't, didn't really check matter. in. Yeah. Usually you're plenty loud enough, I guess is the point. Yeah. It's like even when you had everybody's attention it was hard for everybody to hear unless it, they were close enough. It was which is very surprising. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was singing too. Yeah. The singing. It was a nice background soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah, if you if you could, I was I was really looking forward to being able to make out some people singing loudly, and and, and I couldn't really. I mean, there was like I only a caught a couple times, people, but yeah, yeah, there was only a couple times that I kept able to catch that. So that's something we got in the mind, we got in the back of our minds on how we can try to overcome that and make it a more positive experience. But overall, I was really pleased with the venue, really yeah, pleased sure. with the, the amount of space we were able to have everybody be able to stretch out. Now, I, I realized everybody, you know, it was ta- back-to-back, back-to-back tables for the Warhammer Fantasy side with just a little bit of space in your, you know, on, on I think it was on comfortable space, age. I mean, compared to being jammed in there. Yeah. But it was all right. If you, br- if you brought a display board the size of Dustin, <laughs> then you were doomed. Yeah. But otherwise, I thought everybody had plenty of room to kind of stretch out and and uh, and have room for their games and, and their events. So... That was good. Um, terrain was, I think, uh, this is the first year that we supplied everything. Everything. When, and we was uh, uh, pretty much my collection, but yeah, um, prefer real. There was uh, <laughs> there was definitely a lot of work, though. I mean, you look at everything that's in my collection. I can go. Well, it's we. Well, it really is not my collection. I mean, it's there's it's my terrain. I technically own it, but there's I look at it and there's oh hey I know that Brian worked on this piece. I know that. I know that, uh, you know, I might have gotten these pieces from this company here, but then I know somebody else painted it. And there's other pieces, like, like my Temple of Skulls. That was a piece that I finished, but it was a piece that one of the local guys, um, that was kind of new to wargaming in the area had started and then kind of, yeah, after he, he played in the scene for a couple weeks or a couple months or something like that, showed up for a train day, put, started putting that together and then never showed up and nobody knew how to get a hold of him again. So, um, there was a lot of a lot of that, but overall, terrain wise, I, we, every year it's kind of been a focus to try to make terrain better and better for mayhem. What did you guys think of this year's mayhem terrain? In in not only t- this year's terrain, but maybe in comparison to other events and tournaments you've been at and hmm. been to. Noting that neither of you, I don't think either <laughs> of you guys have been to, like say Wapaka or yeah, North Star, where you could. Or you will be flabbergasted by the the brilliance <laughs> of the terrain at those events. Yeah, I haven't been to anything to compare it that way. But, I mean, I know we really covered all the tables well, I guess, as far as in organizing it. And I didn't hear any complaints about any specific issues. I know that's happened before. but So I think everything was balanced good, and there was definitely terrain everywhere. And I know there was plenty of comments of, like, this or that was really cool and good terrain i mean a lot like some handful of it's just stock deep gw stuff or whatever so that's pretty cool to see even there then too yeah even then yeah. there's not a lot of people that get to see like skull vein man yeah on the exactly. table where it's actually there it's wow that's actually there somebody actually bought it uh-huh. so <laughs> that's know? neat uh we were short a dark elf tower that never got done <laughs> yeah <laughs> i actually got some comments about that it's like where the heck is it i'm like uh <laughs> yeah. i kind of figured that would happen <laughs> unfortunately 2014 hopefully yeah, hopefully we can roll that out, and and another goal for 2014 is uh, we're going to roll out. If you notice, the Dark Elf table had the textured game mat. That's one that we manufactured ourselves, and hopefully in 2014 we will have at least five more of those mats now to replace the existing felts. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, I hadn't quite seen it till we rolled it out then, and I mean 
there could be some refining to it there, but it was definitely really cool. In in yeah. comparison to the felts, it was like well, miles yeah. better. So. Felts always seem really awful. I don't know. I, guess, if... I was really a fan of the game mats that GW had, but yeah, they've got not available. Yeah, yeah, they don't... <laughs> so. yeah. Like I would have, I would have went out and bought ten of them probably for this year if they would have been available. But GW doesn't sell them anymore. Mm-hmm. They want to sell that uh their realm of battle board realm of battle yeah i probably i may end up picking up a realm of battle board at some point just for just just because it's a cool piece to have and and it would work well for things like mayhem because it transports roughly okay but pretty neat it's pricey i mean it was nice (laughs) i mean this year for mayhem so we had 20 player or 20 tables worth of terrain Yep, and we had 38 players turn out and i was able to get all of that terrain and gear in almost in my car we had just a little bit of overlap that we had but overall i mean i was you know with all the way all the bins and everything that was set up it was almost all fit in one car that was really cool and adding something like a roma battle board that thing's massive it takes yeah. up a lot of space when you put it in its case so we got to keep that in mind as we we all have cars to transport stuff it's not like any of us have a truck or anything like that so we got away from doing the four by six boards that we were doing like the wapaka style boards because mm-hmm. there's just no way to transport it long term yeah unfortunately then you're kind of dependent on the size of the table is the only downside but yeah as far as transportation of mats definitely way better if you ask me yeah but, so another reason why we're gonna go to these yeah. uh these uh textured mats too so yeah I, I think they work out far far better for transport and storage yeah, it was neat that you guys had so much like a variety of terrain too, and that every table had its own rules. I was just thinking about yeah, that. Yeah, I haven't too. seen that before, so I I mean, that was really cool. They were all like themed too, so it wasn't just a mismatch of stuff on this table. But there's like a dark elf table, like you said, and there's a wood elf table, high elf table. The two, the two, uh, the Santa's, the North Pole table, North Pole and the tables, uh, yep. Frosty the Snowman table. One of the things we try to strive for is, and I think is so cool and unique to Eighth Ed Warhammer, is the themed all of this really crazy terrain i mean terrain like a basic hill or a basic forest really doesn't the impact in game isn't that much nothing (laughs) and if you generate a game the way the rule book says to do it where you're okay i rolled for random scenario and now i'm rolling for all these random pieces of terrain you end up with a really your terrain you end up with a lot of terrain pieces on the board that are all these random different things and then you go to most tournaments and it ends up okay i got like one special piece of terrain and the rest of it's all this kind of generic like why the like adepticon why bother putting those horrible hills on the table (laughs) they're they're almost always just a hindrance for the player and don't mean almost anything in game uh and you know get okay buildings are pretty important by themselves because the way the rule set works for them but otherwise most of the terrain piece features like a forest yeah, doesn't really it, its impact is so negligible that all of a sudden now when you add the when, when you add two or three special pieces of terrain to each table it makes I think it I think it captures the spirit of what playing an eighth ed Warhammer game is much more. Mm-hmm. And then I, yeah, go ahead. I say absolutely. I mean that's like the trees don't make as big of a difference now, but because of all the mysterious terrain and everything, I mean it just adds such another level to eighth edition. That wasn't there before. As long as you don't go too much, because I've been in games where the terrain kills everybody and you don't even get to play. But I think you guys had a really great balance, and it was unique. And said before, you know, something you haven't seen before. So no matter what table you were going to go to, you were getting a new experience. Yep, and and that was our goal. Or that's been our goal 
what I've been trying to do that for the last whatever pretty much since eighth ad came out we've been doing this kind of style of theme tables based on the Warhammer world where we have very clear written rules um, at each table for what the terrain should do roughly um, I know there were some exceptions this year because we didn't have like a bin might have been missing a piece that it was supposed to have and it ended up appearing maybe on another table or I know there was a one of the tables where we forgot to bring the river piece the water piece that was yeah. supposed to be a river that went with it that was some of the oddball ones like most of it's divided like one bins this table kind of thing and those are some of the abstract ones is how they kind of got forgotten about yeah some of the some of the some of the things that were kind of more last minute put together as I was finishing the sheets and going, okay, what did I have the previous year to make sure I had? And this year I went and laminated all the sheets too. So mm-hmm. hopefully that'll be, you know, they'll be pretty set. The top 20 tables will be set in, in the order and what tables they are. And we can just focus on improving each table as we move forward with the terrain pieces that are there if they're not already at the standard we're looking for. All right, so we got we just talked. Uh, I think we talked the the venue and the terrain and everything death and and what that experience was like. Let's go ahead and talk. Uh, we got through registration. There was snow to the south, particularly. There was a little bit of snow in Madison, but for the most part, it was really to the south. And particularly once you got to the Wisconsin Illinois state border, it really changed over to some fairly heavy snow. We had some people that had some traveling problems getting in, but. We ended up with 38 players out of the 40, I think we were looking for 42, and then by Friday we were down to about 38, and those 38 people actually showed up, so that was really, that was great. But then we had, I think we were at 37. We'd had one person that we were expecting not show up. Yeah, I just never got back to actually saying they weren't coming. Yep, (laughs) they never told us. But... And so we had 37 with a, and then you had to. I got to be the ringer. Yeah, yeah. You were you were really looking forward to not having to be the ringer. I think that day. Yeah, I don't know. I'm always. I would never really want to be. <laughs> unfortunately, like, I don't know. I like playing games when I'm like prepared for them. I mean, something like that. It just ends up be slapping my models on the table and whatever. So it's yeah. just. Well, you had a really rough kind game of there. More of a nuisance. Played. <laughs> played a real pro. I mean, that guy. That guy was just tough. Yeah. <laughs> I had a little, like, I managed to win my first game. It wasn't the most experienced player ever, so it managed to work out. But then, yeah, my other two games just kind of went to heck really quick. So I didn't really waste any time playing because my games were really short. But it was all right. I just kind of slapped a list together. I was playing the Bretts just from your painted models. So I more or less found what was there and just wrote a list up quick and didn't really think about it and just threw some knights on the table. I can say I was personally kind of disappointed that I had to use you as a ringer as well, largely from the fact that I had, prior to that week, I had my our good friend of the show, and he's been on before as part of Prism Gaming and, and is no longer with Prism, but uh, Scott Krager was going to come down from the Wasai area and help us with all the appearance, the appearance contest and the appearance scoring and set up and, and working on the event. And we lost him like two or three, uh, probably about three days before the event, prior to the event. He just was not going to be able to make it down. So then I was kind of at a pickle on who I was going to have do appearance <laughs> judging. And, and I didn't really have uh, the time to, to really sit down and, and go over with anybody like I had done with Scott. or was in, And had planned to go over with Scott on, on the appearance checklist and, and go through the whole thing. 
I think that reflected then in the final event because we the guys we I ended up grabbing the cool mini guys and going, hey, would you mind doing the appearance judging for my event? Here's a checklist. Didn't really give them a whole lot of instruction on what I was looking for or what I thought qualified on on the various check boxes like I like I had planned on going over with Scott. And that's not my fault as a TO. I think I probably had time to do it, but that first two hours of the event is always kind of crazy mm-hmm. to try to manage I mean, get everything that you're trying to get done. We were trying to validate lists. We were trying to... We, we had a challenge because I was silly and didn't install my printer prior to make sure that that was working prior to getting to the venue. We didn't have good internet access. We were actually convenient, lucky enough to be able to use your cell phone's service. So we were like, you'd have to go finish around and then come by and plug your cell phone in and, and the charger for us to use internet access. So there was, there were a lot of challenges that we're trying to manage that first couple hours. It was just kind of crazy trying to get everything we needed to try to get done to, to do the event, but it, it was able to be done. But we met, we, that was, that then turned into a little bit of a miss. And I think there's some folks that are, that were not as satisfied or thought we were off on their appearance scores. And, 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 and I say this, I do apologize for this because this appearance scoring is kind of one of my sore points myself. I, I'm always, when I go to an event and I look at the appearance score, I'm always kind of frustrated because I feel like, you know, that's something that everybody puts hours and hours and hours of work into and to not see a result that you expect or, or want, uh, or thought you were deserving of is always a frustrating piece and and I want to apologize for that and, and anybody that had their appearance score they felt was off and they wanted to go ahead and discuss it with me let me know I'd prefer to have you send me some pics of your army at this point it's been a couple of weeks since mayhem so <laughs> I don't necessarily remember your army but I'm happy to look at it and at this point we'll at least uh adjust your score accordingly I know I owe a couple of people that already all right, so got into that. So let's go ahead and get into round one. So round one was what was the scenario, Kenny? You remember? Uh, that was the Christmas tree in the center that was cutting up everybody. The perfect tree. Yeah, well, it was, no. the tree wasn't cutting up everybody. Oh, no, that was our table. That was our table. <laughs> that was it. Was the snowman that cut up everybody on your table, right? Yeah, it was a snowman. Um, what was the? T- this but, was the, uh, the a meeting engagement where you have the diagonal mm-hmm. line down. Yep. I'm trying to remember what the, what the actual scenario was. We had a, well, it was basically a capture the center objective. This was the. You wanted was, fortitude in the Yeah, center, you wanted yeah. fortitude within, I think, 9 or 12 inches of the center tree. I think it was 9, maybe. I could probably it look at it. It could have been up. short as 6, even. I don't even remember. That seems too short, though. I was too busy getting tabled. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was. Uh, so, 2013, the perfect tree. Perfect tree was placed in the dead center of the table. The game is set up as, as meeting engagement and has a random game length. And then the major objective, so it's battle points was a was the win loss draw con- conditions. Um, using the merry mayhem, we had a we didn't use a twenty yacht system, but we did have varying degrees of victory. I don't that think, was cool to see. Yeah. I, I personally <laughs> don't think that the twenty out system works very well in a one day event. Uh three games. There's not enough there's just not enough there's no room for if you get odded once and have two blowouts, you're done. You're you it doesn't matter. You can't recover from that. Um for the most part. I've been I've been in four round games or four round events where I've gotten blown out once and had three wins in in four rounds and it blew it out. So I didn't want to set up anybody like they to make them feel like okay I've been I've lost I've lo- I've been blown off I've been tabled off the game I don't have a chance I didn't want that anybody to feel that way. 
And so, uh, so we had a, a, a scale, and you can check out the the scale we used at uh, uh, Mary-Mayhem.com. I thought it worked out really well. I thought the it gave a, a nice variance to the to everybody's scoring. And I didn't hear any complaints about it either. It was the first time we've used something more than just win-loss-draw. Uh-huh. Anyways, back to the scenario. Um, the major objective was to, uh, whoever had which player had the most fortitude points, as if you would generate fortitude points for Blood and Glory, described on page 148 of the Hammer rulebook, within 12 inches of the perfect tree. Oh, it was the whole 12? Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole 12 inches, so a huge zone around <laughs> that tree. So, Kenny, you said you got tabled round one, is that right? Yeah, well, what were you playing round, against? Round one and round two. I, tra- I played against uh, Andrew, who won overall. Yep. Yeah, he had his two kings, and I just... Oh, God, it was just a terrible list. <laughs> I mean, it was just some bad luck, too. Things exploding, and I, I didn't have... Like, my war machines didn't come on. My genuine BSB didn't make it on. on turn one, So I had to hold things back. And, yeah, it was just not a very... Uh, not a good game for me. As far as like results, but as far as playing, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and, and yeah, I know you had never played against Tomb King, so there's probably several things that kind of not only that you hadn't, you know, that you were having problems with, but also then the challenges with trying to overcome stuff that you hadn't seen, so you didn't have a good expectation of what it was going to do or what it was able to do. Yeah, then it was pretty much all chariots. So <laughs> besides that, and the dwarfs, I'm like, well, okay, I'll just I can't do anything about that. So. I'll just wait to get charged. Yeah, those chariots. When those you had big blocks of chariots, those chariots would hit hard. Yeah, they're decent. I did hear though that at the tail end of the game, though, an abominable snowman got a little bit of revenge for you. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. He was moving stuff into the center. Although, actually, now that you say that, it makes sense that that's why he was moving things into the center to get the objective points. I thought he was just, you know, he's being a sport since he basically had me. And he brought stuff in, and that way there was some kind of casualties, and I got some points out of it. But maybe he was doing that also just to get the victory, or the objective point. Who knows? The major objectives were worth five points, so it was a huge... Paying attention and gathering those major objectives was a big deal, and this was the only one where it was the major was in an actual in-game kind of objective. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, it was a fun game. It just, yeah, I just got my butt kicked <laughs> so bad. Okay, so let's go ahead and just check in with Brian's round one game. So you you were playing uh, the dreaded apprentice Neil's <laughs> yeah. Neil's son Ben, I think Ben. Yep. But yeah, he was running vampire counts, and yeah, I just kind of slapped my knights on the table. Like I said, he was kind of new. He had a terrorgeist in there. I, apparently, that thing should just stay out of combat because I managed just to charge it with some knights, and my. Boromir General had a heroic killing blow, but I didn't even end up needing that. Just the little block of knights that I got into it. Killed it in one round. That was pretty easy. And then Alice had a really good... He had a really... I don't remember how wide it was, but just a... It must have been a horde even of Graveguard, but I got like three lances. Charged that, so that's pretty awesome when you have a good combo charge of knights like that. They do some damage, so... That was another blow through combat, and then there was a, another unit of ghouls that were also in horde, and I managed to line up a, like three different knight units on that. So I just kind of picked them apart piece by piece, and then he had like all of his characters piled in one skeleton block. There was like three wraiths in the front, and then he ended up with his 
vampire general like in the second rank it was actually vlad i guess von karstein along with isabella and then another necromancer sure just all hanging in the one unit and then once i wiped everything out i just kind of surrounded them with everything else and then i made the choice to charge them which ended up being like our last turn of the game i think we ended up running out of time even then too but i managed to get enough wounds just on the skeletons and his vampires didn't do quite enough to me back and that ended up vaporizing that unit in the one round too with my whole army against it so, so. that left me wiping the table and surrounding the tree round one <laughs> ringer up by crushing victory yep and wouldn't give me any points <laughs> nice nice well ben had a rough day i mean i, yeah. I give you i give him that he he was a trooper and had a rough day but uh that, that i made a- up for my win in the other rounds though that's for sure yeah, <laughs> I spent all the luck I had saved up not playing the past month or whatever. <laughs> you were you were all confident and like, oh, I'm gonna go and crush people. I'm like, well, you can buy into your entry fee and we'll, we'll have you play. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the subsequent rounds did not go that way. That's for sure. All right, so Kenny, we talk uh, round two. So the scenario for round two was a Christmas Carol, and basically, um, I think we used uh, battle line deployment for this. Is that right? Or no, we had used a. Uh, Blood this, glo- it was just, this was Blood Glory, essentially, was this scenario. Yeah, which is just a slightly yeah. different deployment zone. Mm-hmm. With every time you, and then the, 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 uh, to counteract the, okay, somebody just auto wins deal, we counteract it with the, the ability for somebody to sing a, a holiday carol. <laughs> and if they did, they would get a gift token, <laughs> at which point that would count as their, as the fortitude point that they lost for the remainder of the game. Yeah, that was fun. That was a nice way to spice it up a little bit. You didn't have to, but you know, if you had that option. You did have out. You could also just sing for the singing heck of it to get yeah. the objective. <laughs> yeah, you did have to sing in order to get the major objective. Even if you didn't lose your fortitude at all. You did have to join the rest of the losers and sing. <laughs> yeah, at the very end, made Mark sing. I got down to the end. I was like, "All right, I can yeah. sing now." Unfortunately, like you said, with the venue, we didn't hear much singing, but there was a couple standouts that <laughs> that were like, "Oh, hey!" <laughs> yeah, they got the guys that did it early on because you just it hadn't happened yet. So all of a sudden, yep. like, what what is going on here? I'll be I'll be honest. I stole this whole singing thing from Wapaka oh, yeah. and Joe Rogers because round three, the last couple of years at Wapaka, they. They would have a round where everybody would have to sing. So I'm like, ah, I'll steal this from Packa because, except I'll I'll throw the Merry Mayhem twist on it and give everybody. You know, I always look at Merry Mayhem as kind of a Packa prep tournament as well for folks. So I'm like, oh, I'll let them help try to get their singing voices in in order. So I'll give them a, a scenario where they can sing and and um, make them sing holiday carols. So I think uh, I know I know I saw Grant Fetter. I think was looking up songs <laughs> on his phone so that he'd have the lyrics. <laughs> there might have been some other folks that were doing that too, but it was I think I think everybody got into it and I saw there were a lot of people that didn't at that round. I don't think got the major that they just like, "Eh, I'm not singing." Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, in my game I was losing and I didn't sing and then the game, I mean, losing fortitude or whatever, the game's just kind of over like that or whatever, so you kind of lose your chance to sing if you're not That's paying okay. attention. We weren't counting yours anyways. <laughs> I know. That's We're why I didn't care. lyrics <laughs> at the end. I didn't know a lot of Christmas carols, so I was just kind of doing improv songs based on what was happening to the tune <laughs> of a song I know, and just kind of, you know, making it up depending on what was happening with the game. Nobody was judging the caroling so yeah (laughs) when they posted the scores i i didn't get the objective points from i think my game too which is my fault because i just i didn't didn't fill it out right on your sheet yeah i didn't see them on the uh on the sheet i guess or i I wasn't clear 
which I think came up a few times. People didn't yeah. get the points on <laughs> the uh, the uh, made a difference. <laughs> the secretary for Mary Mayhem forgot <laughs> to include uh, a checkbox for did you get major objective. They also forgot to really list your name. Instead of having player one, player two, it should have been your name, opponent's name on the sheet because there was a lot of confusion there, too, up, for yeah. us trying to get the scores entered correctly. Yeah, I mean, I look at the ratings. Like, if I had gotten an extra five points, I'd still be in the bottom, like, 10 or 15. So. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even matter. But I thought that was really cool, though, the singing one, because it's, it's a hobby game. But, you know, Warhammer is different than some other games, and that people were doing that and enjoying themselves just really spoke to me a lot about why I would like to go to an event, at least in the U.S. I don't know if they do this stuff in the U.K. where it sounds a little more serious, you know, when they're doing this. But it just it had such an atmosphere, this entire event, that was just so enjoyable. And I thought that really helped. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, Brian, you did your round two here. How did that go for you who were you playing i should say uh kenny first did you were playing mark as in the hobby killer mark here locally <laughs> yes what you guys call him uh, mark the town so That's he was and he was was he playing i can't remember if he had an all nurgle ish all nurgly demon i know he had plenty of nurgle in his list but not i can't remember all, if it was all nurgle not all he had a skull cannon yeah. and two units of pink horrors <laughs> okay so he was being a little fuffy and only took one skull cannon is that, is that what you're saying does he actually own two of them? I'm pretty know. sure he owns okay. two. He's right. just been nice enough not to grace yeah. us with its presence. <laughs> He's like all Nurgle army with two skill cannons was just wrecking face. But I think he got at some point he was just, I think he got bored of it because it was too yeah. easy. Um, for him, so he's been changing it up and putting in the horrors. I think he likes the. I think he likes playing with the Zinch stuff. So yeah. he's been trying to transition and paint up that Zinch stuff and get it into his list, and and eventually probably get the the uh, poopy Nurgle out. <laughs> I don't know if he'd have him out completely or not. Yeah, we'll see. It, it'll be like okay, I just got my butt whooped all all weekend. It's right back in. <laughs> <laughs> I know he ran some kind of weird list, and that something along that lines happened. He's like, okay, that didn't work. Yeah, he, he did. His Scrucity GT did. list was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, um, or, I don't think it was bad. I think he got bad matchups and was completely, uh-huh. you know, it wasn't what he was used to playing. Yeah, and he got crushed pretty much all weekend. <laughs> so, um, but uh, it's okay. So you you played Hobby Killer, and Brian, you played against. Uh, I was trying to remember his name. What was he playing? Uh, one of the more Nurgle demons. More Nurgle demons. Yeah. There was like five people playing Nurgle. There was like seven demon players, and five of them were mostly Nurgle. Yeah, that's so, that's the flavor. I'm kind of sick that's of those the flavor to run jerk off since, especially Mark plays them around here, so you see him quite a bit. But that's yeah, what, that's why he's hobby like, killer. None of my lists are good. Like none of my armies are good for playing that. I'm not sure what's good against it, but I always Wellers. seem I always seem well outmatched against it. So a yeah, ball hammer. It, it was all Nurgle demons. You had like a Papa Nurgle dude in there, and then a huge horde. <laughs> Whatever they're called, flag bears, and then a unit of drones, and a unit of beasts, and then like a small group of harpies flying around, or whatever they're called. Furies, Furies, yeah. rather, yeah. I think that was really it. And I had just amounted to do like nothing. <laughs> you charge in that game. Hit, roll to hit. Well, the, yeah, I tried sicking everything on the uh, the plague bear unit. Like I think I had. I don't remember if I had three or four of the lances lined up to charge it, and I ended up, I think I only got two of them. Well, I think I had all four, but then 
I only got three of them in there, though, unfortunately. I just had a bad roll on one of them. And sure. it ended up being pretty close. I still won the combat easy enough, and I didn't really take too much damage besides uh, right in that same turn when I charged, my damsel decided to blow up, and having them in the middle of night blocks, <laughs> when they Whoops. blow up, I wipe out half the night blocks. So that kind of took away some of the attacks as well. <laughs> so that was lovely timing there so maybe i'll stop casting stuff when my people charge but it's nice to have those buffs in there for sure and then yeah i just ended up not doing enough damage i mean you have to get pretty lucky and to have them roll like boxcars or something to pop them well, on yeah. the charge with that many plague bears i think there was a good 30 of them to start with so i did some damage i won by like three or four but maybe that other lance could have done yeah. it but he ended up not even taking any wounds, I don't think. Winning by three or four then, is just never enough yeah, against demons, it seems like, these days. Get, just sitting there, and I end up getting flank charged by, like, the beasts and whatever else. Yeah, these, the, the way Nurgle Demons play now with that minus one to hit in close combat makes me feel like Nurgle Demons the way they used to be where when they had the five-up ward and then the four-up <laughs> regen, where you just couldn't kill them. You know, you would go in and you would swing a bunch of attacks and they just wouldn't die. And, yeah. and that gives a lot. So you're seeing so many of them on because it's a guaranteed, I can lock, I can lock stuff up and I can just count on it. So you see so much of that on the table while, in, while they can position. Yeah. You know, I think the, the beasts and Nurgle, if you, if the beasts and Nurgle weren't quite as good and the, uh, plague drones weren't quite as good, you'd see, I think I'd you'd favor see the, the units. plague drones over the, freaking beasts the beasts just have so many attacks that's ridiculous it depends i think on uh, i think it's situational for me which one i like better oh, or yeah. worse depending on i just um, haven't had a i've been able to face the drones straight up and they never seem to really do that as well as the beasts to me but i know i know both of those units ramming my my six pack of chariots with the tomb prince in <laughs> yeah. is money for me every time that's yeah exactly all, that's know. what i mean i mean i got sicked on by the uh drones one time it didn't really do anything but that's I think my chariots ramming into them. That's that's more because I get all those impact hits, so I don't have to roll to hit, and they're just yep. rolling to wound. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, we go into round three, and round three was the was uh, let's see what did I call it? I I have it here in my notes. Here it was the gift that keeps on giving, but I don't think I called it quite that for the what it was actually in the packet. But essentially, you know, five years of Merry Mayhem, I've never basically just given everybody a scenario that was just straight up battle line. And so this year, that was the first gift that I gave everybody was battle line. This was a bat, you know, this was straight up battle line. And it was in the last round too, so. Uh, it was me, it was, uh, Blood and Glory in the previous round. Yeah. And then this is the first time I've ever given straight up battle line. Well, no. I just meant the last battle of the day was a oh. straight up battle, I guess. Yeah. So didn't have yeah. weird scenario stuff to impact. No, it. no scenario stuff. Straight up battle line. Straight up Warhammer. No special rules. No funny anything. And the major objective was go buy some some raffle tickets if you hadn't already. If you got raffle tickets, you got the major. Yay! I did something. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so. And essentially, it was playing good cheer. What you know, whether you win or lose today, it's about helping the kids. That's what Merry Mayhem's about. We play with our toys so the kids can too. And um, I think this was this went off without a hitch. Around three, um, some of us found it probably a little more challenging than others. Um, namely, you two, right? Why? Well, we can talk about our game. <laughs> yeah, we actually ended we up play playing each other. Each other. <laughs> oh, you actually <laughs> played each room. other. Oh, yep. well, there had to have been a winner. There had to be a winner and a hand to have been a loser there. So, who was the mighty winner? 
Well, we both had a good time, so we're both winners. <laughs> as far as the points, I actually won that game. <laughs> you realize you don't, you're not getting any more sportsmanship points at this point, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll cut this out. <laughs> yeah. I, haven't, I don't know. I didn't feel like I put up much of a fight. <laughs> it was pretty rough. I don't know. There's this big, he was running those big dwarf blocks, and yeah. Maybe if I could have got more of them concentrated, but I ended up just kind of charging whatever was in front of me, and then my damsel blew up again. <laughs> or one of the damsels blew up again on the same round I charged, so that didn't it work so out very good. It worked. Like the, <laughs> the cannon, the war machines, for the first time in the entire day, they finally worked. So it was a combination of, like, you had some bad luck, my stuff finally didn't explode, uh-huh. and then I had some good rolls finally, and so it Yeah, it's taking some heavy hits from... All the war machines in there set far back, so I never even got to them. But <laughs> pretty, t- pretty typical dwarf gameplay, it sounds yeah, like. Pretty typical, typical me rolling over and dying. <laughs> that, that's what the ringer's supposed to do too. So you, you didn't. Like have, I said I used all my luck. <laughs> you also didn't have a list of Bretonians that were necessarily what probably you wanted to exactly play either. It was something we. It worked out pretty good, though. I guess. Yeah, it worked out in one game very well, and then the rest <laughs> of the games it didn't work out so well. No, it, I mean Bretonians are pretty standard, so it wasn't too different than what I've played quite a bit. But it was good. So, is there anything else of note? I mean, you just charged some dwarves and pretty much. I mean, he had one big unit of long beards. <coughs> I think on the maybe it was I don't know. There was three big units. One was hammers. One was long beards, and I think the other one might have just been regular warriors, or maybe it was a, another group of long beards with hand weapon shield. And only one of them had great, the other one had Iron great breakers. weapons. Iron Breakers, that's what it was. Yeah. So, I ended up, I was sending my men-at-arms to hold up the Iron Breakers while my other units charged, and I was hoping there was fewer hammers, so I was hoping I could make it through them quick enough to go support my other unit. Or my Peg Knights would have came in, but they managed to fail their charge on a small unit of Quarrelers, I think it was that, or their Thunderers, but they managed to fail that charge, so they ended up way out of it, and I never had any support like I needed, and then my damsel blew blowing up. My knights didn't have a chance against the hammers; just wore them down. So sounds like it sounds like you had a, a couple of rough games, but at least <laughs> it sounds like this the they last over this, really the, probably the, the last one was probably uh, it was it was enjoyable though it wasn't. I, I think you were you were probably going up against Nurgle. The second you see Nurgle, that's an instant gur block for you. A little bit. I mean, I tried the one thing. I knew it was going to be a quick game unless something miraculous happened. But yeah, I tried not to let it bug me or whatever. I was just playing the other dude. But against the dwarves, it sounds like you had a, a much more enjoyable game. I think I was pretty tired at that point. Just with gaming, it's like, oh, I got to do this kind of thing or whatever. So it went pretty quick, but it it was a cool game. I just I was just kind of out of it the whole time. I kind of perked yeah. up after I was done. Yeah, we were all up bit, and but... up and going and trying to get the venue set up. We were able to get in the venue at seven a.m. and start doing setup. So yep. we were all at the venue by like seven thirty. We we went crazy trying to get everything set up, all the tables <laughs> set up, all the terrain set up, the judging ter- areas set up, yeah. all of that done. Had to go through helping everybody get checked in and so, everything. Yeah, getting everything checked in and then playing three games of Warhammer and then having to do teardown. By the end by the time we were all done, <laughs> it was a very exhausting yeah. day. But Teardown went better than I expected, too. Yeah, well, we had I a thought lot it was going to be a huge like thing, like we were going to be there forever after kind of thing, but a lot of people helped yeah, as soon as they could. I, I kind of figured, We were breaking stuff down right away as soon as people were done with their games, so it was more drawn yeah. out and 
didn't all fall on us kind of thing. Yeah, and I kind of figured that was kind of the way it was going to go, where we'd get some extra helpers, particularly from the local guys. And uh-huh. a big thanks to like Aaron and Kenny, yeah. who helped out from the local guys. Uh, Kenny is on, and, and the <laughs> other Kenny. Um, uh, High Elf Kenny and Dwarf Kenny. <laughs> we did a great job, I thought, of getting out of there in a, in a timely fashion, trying to make sure that our side of the venue was clean and uh-huh. whatever, and... And we did, then we moved into, as we were tearing down the round and getting that done and settled, we caught everybody called back in. I think everything was teared down pretty much at this point. Yeah, I think we had we everything got every- picked up by the time the scores were all added up and everything else. We got every we got everybody, I think, well, Sean was still, Sean Locke, who was running our scoring table. He was running on fumes. Um, was running on fumes, <laughs> yeah. He'd been up like since like 1 or 2.30 in the morning. So he was still double-checking scores. We moved into the uh, charity raffle. And as always, the charity raffles are my favorite. My favorite part of the mayhem is doing that. <laughs> um, it'd have been nice this year. It seemed like it went a little lopsided to one person. I think it usually ends up like that, but, but I mean, they put the money it, in it for se- it, I it guess. Se- so. It seemed a little more lopsided than a usual. A little more than usual. Um, cause it seemed like I was just kept calling him, uh, quit, uh, quit <laughs> and I didn't kept, win nothing. Yeah. Well, man, I only bought but, like five tickets or six tickets or. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah quentin kept coming up and we kept giving him stuff and he got a ton of stuff out of the raffle including <laughs> yeah. the lizardmen army so this is four armies we've given away hopefully one and, will be back well, yeah hopefully we'll Who see knows? one back at mayhem but the other part is we have never given while merry mayhem has never been won by the overall champion the tournament champion has never been won by somebody that lived in the state of wisconsin <laughs> we have also never given away the army to anybody that didn't live in the state of Wisconsin. So, um, you know, we're, who's the big winner there? You know, really. Um, and, and it's not because we've done anything. It's just kind of coincidental, but I found it kind of unique that it's kind of funny. Uh, it must be that us Wisconsin boys is just really give in to charity and buy tons of raffle tickets. <laughs> so that was fun. Then we, I was able to, we had to do a couple of quick final checks on the scoring. I had to look at the results. And the first thing I did when I looked at the results, my my jaw dropped, and I'm like, "How did that happen?" <laughs> and that was when I looked at it that we had um, Andrew Careless, uh, who Kenny played in round one, with his Tim Kings actually winning overall. What? Yeah, that was that was something. <laughs> How did Tim Kings just win this? We had a 38 player field. But apparently, you know, he got the right matchups through the day. He, I looked at his scoring. He never had a loss. He had a great appearance score. The judges thought he was great, and his sportsmanship was solid too. So while he probably didn't have the, he didn't have the best battle points. I think uh, uh, forty-five was max battle points with fifteen objective points. He didn't. He picked up all the objective points. He picked up thirty-nine of the battle points. He did well across the other soft scores. He um, was, you know, able to pick those up. That's that's why he ended up where he was. Essentially, runner up to the event was uh, Lenny who was tied with Dustin, so essentially the champions of light and champions of darkness were tied for second place. And in my mind, I think uh, um, this is kind of a toss-up as to which one would get it, but uh, Dustin had it. Dustin had the best sports score of the weekend, um, but Lenny had the best uh, battle points. In fact, Lenny had significantly more battle points than Dustin did, so... But good job to both of those guys. That's where they got those two awards. And then we moved down to the best of neutrality, which was Ogre Kingdoms, which we ended up giving that to Alex Gonzalez. We thought ca- captured that the best. 
So that was basically the overall winners. Um, we did have a, a wooden spoon we gave out as well. The wooden spoon was given to Lou. Lou, Lou felt like uh, I embarrassed myself at this event. <laughs> you know, no, you didn't, Lou. You played. You played, and you had a great, great time. You were you were there. It looks you know. I look at your score. You definitely didn't do the worst battle points wise. Looks like you forgot to get your some of your uh, objective points, and that's what really hurt you. So maybe there was a confusion there on getting those major objectives checked on your sheets, or you just wanted that or, wooden spoon real bad, or maybe yeah, maybe that was just <laughs> me. You're shooting for that wooden spoon. I don't know what happened there, but you got a wooden spoon and you got yourself a set of new Wisco dice. So hopefully next year you can come back and roll those green and golds to victory. So. That was Merry Mayhem in a nutshell. We had a, I had a blast running it. This is the fifth year doing it. There were a lot of challenges. We've talked before about running a tournament. I didn't follow a lot of those rules and I financially went in the hole pretty hard on this, on, on Mayhem this year. But, uh, being our first year in a venue outside of a game store where we had so many things like, the table counts we had we could rely on and the venue space that we could rely on and the you know, venue costs and table costs and all these kind of things that I hadn't equated into my math of being able to pull this off will help me pull off next year's with a, a much better control on the financials. So I think that's great. And I do want to thank then at this point all of the sponsors for Mary Mayhem. You've all all of you guys really went above and beyond to help pull this off. Starting with Last Square, um, you helped uh, us obtain the army giveaway that we did this year. Thank you very much for that. Obviously, Wisco Dice, we we did a lot. You know, we are pretty much heavily. This is a Wisco Dice and, and WWHFB run Wisconsin Warmer Fantasy Battles League run event. At this point, I think you know moving forward next year, it's pretty. It's almost an assumption, Brian. I would think that your your staff again next year. I think so. So yeah, it's you, me, <laughs> and Sean that are really the stat, the main staff, and then everybody yeah. else is is kind of filler where we can get them. And then uh, Ohio Hammer, they threw in uh, a couple of boxes of Hordes War Machine stuff and the uh, Empire uh, Engineer, I think on a on a Clockwork Steed or something like that. Or maybe it was some special character. I can't remember. It was some Empire dude. Who cares about Empire? <laughs> but uh, Ohio Hammer threw that in for us. That was great. Oh, some of their dice. Garage Hammer, yeah. Or no, that no, was, was Garage, Garage Hammer. Hammer. Yeah, Garage right. Hammer kicked yeah. in the dice. So we're able to give away a couple. We ended up giving that away as two sets of dice. We gave away from Garage Hammer. Garage Hammer, uh, Dave was uh, looking to sell a bunch of stuff out of his collection. And so I'm like... Dude, I'm really looking for stuff for Merry Mayhem. I'm not necessarily, I'm like, I was going to buy a bunch of Noblars from him, and I bought those, because those are going to be my Skaven army for Skaven slaves. But then I'm like, dude, I, I've i got, like, this to spend. If you got stuff on your shelf that's brand new in box that I can give away in the Chariot Raffle, and you want to make, you know, kick a deal in, shoot me a number, and I'll send you some money. And Dave sent me something like 40 or 50% off on all this stuff that we were able to give away on top of the dice he sent me for free to, to be able to give away, so... Um, that's one of the reasons, that's a big reason why that table was as full of Games Workshop and Warhammer Fantasy stuff as it was, was because, uh, Dave was really able to help us out this year, so we really appreciate it. Mad Roland Dolls, who always, always helps us out. My wife works with Mad Roland Dolls as well, and she was, uh, happy to work and put on you know, the food, and we got some crew to help from MRD to help with the food. Um, and finally, we've got, a. Jim's Meat Market, which is located on the north side here in Madison. Jim's Meat Market. It's always helped sponsor the food lunch. So all those brats you got, 
you guys ate. They were all from Gypsy Meat Market. So if you're in Wisconsin, you're in Madison, you're looking for great brats, that's the place to go to get them. Okay, let's go ahead. I think all I think we've covered all of that. Let's go ahead and take a break here. And when we come back, we'll go ahead and uh, wrap up the show. All right, so starting with Koji's rant today, we're going to go ahead and tell you guys that we've been here. This is Wisco Dice. We've been here for two years now, and we're going to keep coming. We're going to keep putting out episodes, and hopefully you guys like it. And if you don't, tough. We're going to keep doing it anyways. Got Aha. two words for you. Yeah, <laughs> got two words for you. That's a threat. Can't, can't, can't use that language here. but. Uh-oh. But uh, yeah, we are very happy to have been able to keep doing this for for as long as we've been able to do it. We keep improving your feedback and your your when you email in or chat us or tweet us. It all it's only encouragement to what we've been doing all this time. So and every once in a while, when when you see things like you know Brian, you probably didn't get a feel for maybe some of the things that we get out there on the podcast until you go to May you go you go to do something you're at an event like Mayhem where there's yeah, so many people that I was just gonna say listen to the show that. and they're like where's the tower dude I know it was pretty you know? weird I don't know I usually yeah just don't really think about it but yeah then you show up to something like that and people are talking to you about the stuff you do on the show it's pretty cool yeah so it's stuff that's the kind of the reason why we do things and I think uh, Kenny yeah. would agree that that's that's why we you know. All of us that do podcasts, it's one of the reasons we do. It's to to get that feedback, to be able to interact and grow our community and grow the people we know and and, and just be able to reach out to folks. So yeah. um, it's never about trying to, to make money with this thing or, or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? I mean, if you look at what, what we've ever brought in positive-wise from donations we received or sale of dice or, or uh, you know, whatever versus what we've spent to try to pull this off and put the put all the gear we have in the studio and stuff and the web hosting whatever not even close it doesn't measure of course we're we're a little bit more insane here at wisco dies we we have a a large spending budget for gear apparently (laughs) that's glimsy's rant for this time it's kind of a nice kind of year wrap-up rant we we didn't want to get too angry about anything raise Cozy's blood pressure too much before christmas we don't want to want to have him have a heart attack or anything like that i think we had ev- evidence at mary mayhem that people listen to your rants too the oh. lack of dark elves yeah, yeah apparently they they, chased, <laughs> they were scared I might, to bring them, my, yeah. my rant chased all the dark Probably elves away. Lost we players had one one dark elf player it was crazy <laughs> Yeah, that was. I just noticed that and thought it was funny. Yeah, it was. It was. I thought that we well, we had two for a while, and then <laughs> and then he couldn't get his stuff painted in time, so he went and played in the 40k event. Uh, we didn't really lose a player there; we just lost. He just transitioned <laughs> to another to another event, and unfortunately, we did lose a dark elf player. So yeah, we were down to one. Kind of sad. I was really, I was really surprised actually, because I, I figured with a book coming just out, there we would be flooded with several dark elf armies, and that really wasn't yeah, the case. I wonder if yeah, what happened with that, or if it's just. The area or what? Apparently, playing with scantily clad female models is not the thing, I guess. I don't know. They're a bit pricey. They are expensive. <laughs> I thought that. I, don't know. I was kind of taken back by $60 a box for 10 is pretty yeah, crazy, I think. I was but a little whatever. taken back by that, but it works. I shuck out. I'm going to shuck out, I'm going to shuck out $60 for at least another box. You're going to be taken further back. Let me just warn you right now. It's going to keep happening. Yeah. I, I don't play war games because it's cheap. 
I play war games because it's pretty. You know, I've set money aside for the dwarf. As soon as I knew these rumors were coming, like a year ago, I started a dwarf fund, and I think it's been <laughs> pretty nice. fair. And that's been set aside because it's acknowledgement that that's going to be, you know, probably three to four hundred dollars. It's going to get thrown down at one time, maybe maybe five, because I will get that special edition codex at one time. <laughs> Codex. Yeah, what's a codex? Yeah, what's this codex thing? Oh, excuse me, army book. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. This is a square base show. <laughs> you don't know what those fancy words are. <laughs> All right, so that I think Kenny, you had uh, something you wanted to bring up here. Something about something I probably blabbermouthed and started. I don't know. <laughs> So there's a, another show that I listen to, Bolt Guns Battle Brothers, and they cover the whole hobby kind of like we do. And uh, there was a, a little challenge that was put out. Uh, so we had the last episode of Wisco Dice. You're talking about the Conzie's Challenge with Andrew Sherman, and it went a little bit towards the, the football jersey area, and I think there was some smack talk, some perceived smack talk about Ohio. Well, it's not perceived. Ohio State no. University is So just... Alan Blunt, who runs this other <laughs> podcast, <laughs> it's a Jersey thing, right? So he said, you know, I think he took a little bit of a, a little bit of umbrage to that and thought, well, this is kind of a challenge against Ohio. And Alan and I are working on doing a charity pickup game of Warhammer at Adepticon. And so he was trying to throw down the gauntlet a little bit and see if we can bring this in, kind of incorporate our game and the challenge you guys have. Because Alan's a transplant. We're both from Maryland, but he went to Ohio and I went to Wisconsin. So I think he's seen this... Uh, it's a little bit of group match thing going on here. And so he threw down a challenge yesterday on his live recording of his episode to uh, bring basically you and me versus uh, a- Alan and Andrew at Adepticon. Okay. Well, we had talked a little bit about this, and my plan, I think, when it had even been mentioned on a previous show, my plans for Adepticon were to not attend at all. However, there are a couple of things that were mentioned here one, charity. I'm pretty much a sucker for charity. And two, getting a chance to beat down Andrew Sherman. Well, <laughs> I love Andrew to death. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't want to, I don't want everybody to think that I don't like Andrew or anything like that. It's really a, it's really a, a, a we, we love each other to death. And Andrew is a, a huge help in, in giving us advice and talking to us about what to do and start when we were really getting into Wisco Dice and doing the podcast and getting things set up. So, you know, it, it's one of those, uh, one of those kind of relationships where it's, it's more of a, a we do friendly it because right. it's very friendly. And, uh, even though I don't think there's a bad, uh, you can't call yourself a Wisconsin Badger or a Badger fan and, and have anything other than disdain for Ohio State University though. So, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Andrew's a big, OSU fan. I'm a I'm a big Badger fan, so we've kind of had this this running rivalry, and now I I'm happy to go ahead and and show up at Adepticon, and I would even go to the point that for this that this be where on top of our challenge where we'd have to wear the loser of our painting competition, and right now I'm <laughs> losing, but the loser would have to present the you know we can. We will have to, if I lose this, I will have to wear my Ohio State jersey or, or shirt or whatever it ends up being at AdeptCon as part of this game. <laughs> and then if Andrew would lose the painting competition, he would have to wear his Badgers apparel 
at Adepticon. Now, it's probably a bigger thing for him, at least for this game. Um, it's probably a little bit bigger for him if he had to wear it for the entirety of Adepticon because I'm not going to be there. I'm, I would be just showing up for this game and and leaving. <laughs> <laughs> well, we want to make sure also that you know he maybe gets a chance to wash it or gets a couple uh, you know co- copies or couple you know, what's the word uh, duplicates I guess of the same shirt. We want to advocate gamers in hygiene, so <laughs> it'd be okay if he uh, you know maybe took it off here and there. Or well, you know. Well, or at least Febreze. He, he he is. If you have you heard him, he doesn't really speak the language very well. If you if you if you go to you know, I'm I'm if it wasn't for his wife, he probably wouldn't wash his clothes at all either. So I mean, probably just live in a cave or something. Oh, and, caveman smackdown. And uh, <laughs> well, we'll have to figure out for this uh, this game because when, when Alan brought this up, I think it's a great idea to do a charity game. Uh, he was talking about. Uh, picking sides and doing Wounded Warrior on his side, and you know we'd have to decide what we would do. The only thing we had to consider is because of the scheduling, the way Adepticon works, everything is so booked except Thursday. So we'd have to schedule it, you know, just to be fair to the people attending and anybody who want to be able to participate. We just have to schedule it pretty far in advance and work that out. So we're staying up late. You know, I'm not worried about that. I just the logistics of it, we'd have to look at. So it's something we want to start thinking about in January. Yep, we'll we'll work out the details, but I think at this point. I'm game for for whatever it is charity. We'll pick the charity and what the what the scope is on that, and I'll be happy to to participate and and show up for Wisco Dice, and hopefully hopefully we'll have uh, one of the armies or one of the, uh, a pile of the armies that I've worked or models that I've worked on at the very least um, there and in present um, for the game. So I will I will legitimately be playing with the stuff that I worked on for. <laughs> For this challenge as well, so nice. Well, we'll put it together and have, I guess, like a Wisco Dice combat phase versus Ohio Hammer and Bulkins Battle Brothers. Yep, we'll figure out a way to make it work. Yep, and then I fully expect that we'll do our fair share of of losing, and and they'll do their fair share of winning, and they'll think they're good, but whatever. We're just letting we're just letting them go to their heads. We're just letting them have. We're throwing them a bone after all. Yeah, it is charity. Yeah, you know, we're, we're suckers for charity. We're just doing this for charity. We're there to have fun. And as long as they're beating on us, we're getting their free beer because they'll buy us beers. Well, we don't want to make them too upset because we don't want Ohio to hold up the next election again. They'll probably do that anyways. I mean, they can't read the ballot for Pete's sake. <laughs> this is my brother hanging Chad, man. <laughs> He's up for Florida. Um, All right. Well, that'll be fun either way, and uh, uh, that'll be just a, should, a good group of personalities. I shouldn't say it was Ohio; they couldn't read the ballot. It was just Andrew sitting in the ballot box can't read the ballot for that long. <laughs> so the rest of Ohio probably voted already, but they were waiting for him to get out of the booth. What's this say? It's a big word. It's got like three syllables. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell Alan if he's listening to this. If he's looking for smack talk, uh, you know he can. I'd appreciate it if he'd not go look in the, at the bathroom stalls and instead come up with it himself. <laughs> uh, that sounds great. So yeah, we're I'm I'm always good for sticking my sticking my mouth where it doesn't belong. So yeah, this will probably be another case where where that happens. But yeah, I look forward to it. I'm I'm, I'm I've honestly I, I've don't think I've ever actually gotten. I've been I've hung out with Andrew a lot of times. I don't think I've ever gotten a chance to play him. So, I, you know, it's just a privilege to be able to do that, too. It's something I've wanted to do for <laughs> the last few years. So that'd be awesome. And and I can't think of a, a better place or venue to do that, even though I'm 
yeah. I think people have heard my opinions about Adepticon a little bit in the past, so um, it's not something I usually go to, even though I'm this close. Well, it's first time here, and we'll have all those UK podcasters coming over. They can hold the mics or something for us. They can do something. <laughs> they can hold down the rugs. <laughs> yeah. You know, we'll find something for them to do anyways while we show them American Warhammer. Beer runs. Uncomped and, and fun and friendly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to like put like a label like they have at museum exhibits. Like, this is Uncomped Warhammer and a little, little explanation and diagram. <laughs> the evolution. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, even at an uncomped Warhammer event, apparently Tim Kings can still win. I don't know how. <laughs> oh, we'll have to see. I'll have to figure out what kind of army I'm going to bring, too. So, okay. So, I, I think that addresses the silly challenge, and we'll beat <laughs> off the Ohioans and do our duty and on Wisconsin and all that kind of good jazz. Well, we'll, we'll beat them. We'll, we'll beat the Ohioans. Either, even, even if we lose, we're going to beat them. I mean, that's just the the reality of it. Because, after all, Badgers look better than Buckeyes. That's true. I mean, there's just, they do wear clothes better. The color choice of red between the two schools. I mean, whatever that garbage scarlet red color that Ohio State uses, ugh. How can you like that color? That's just awful. Badger red is just the way to go. It's bright. It's brilliant. Yeah, well, there's, I think, just painting with blood. Our campus has been out drinking your campus for probably forever. I mean, come well, that's on. True. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I get those alerts now from the campus police whenever there's an incident. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Well, we're looking forward to that in April. All right. Sounds good. So let's go ahead then and talk a little bit about what we've uh, planned on doing in the hobby for the next uh, couple of weeks. So. We won't get back together, I think, probably to record till sometime mid-January, and that'll be our year two anniversary show. In that time, Brian, now that you have a little time off of school, <laughs> are you going to get any any hobby done? You think you're going to paint up some ghouls? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's just kind of baffling me about I haven't had a full week off yet. So, I mean, last week was all my tests, so I should have plenty of time in there. And, I mean, I've already done a little bit of free time stuff, so I'm sure I'll get to that. I'm, I'm really excited to actually play. I was headed to the game store tomorrow night for our, whatever, our first game night at first. Pegasus now, so hopefully we'll get a bunch of people for that. That's kind of excited to actually play a game and be ready for it. But I think that'll get me going on wanting to paint again, that or even just organizing my stuff a bit more will be cool to do too. So Yeah, hopefully we'll have a halfway decent turnout. I know a lot of folks here locally, because it's the week before Christmas, it's the Monday before Christmas, yeah, that's true. they're going to be out of town or whatever. Hopefully that goes the same side, same way for the 40K crowd on Monday night so that um, it's not quite as packed in there. So we're not, you know, it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like we're showing up and taking away 40K space and we can kind of talk and work with them. And yeah. I know some of the 40K guys over at Pegasus, they want to play fantasy. They've been talking about doing it. So hopefully us showing up and playing with some square bases will motivate them. Heck, I wouldn't even mind playing some more 40K too, even. I haven't if, even uh, seen any for a long time myself either. Um, I haven't been over to see what the crew's like. Uh. Yeah, so there's there's that. I've been reassured that we'll have plenty of space for the size of group that we're going to bring. Obviously, this first time, uh, just kind of watching some of the the places I watch. There's a Google group that's for Warhammer and Madison, and, and a lot of those guys I think are all out because it's uh, that time of the year. But we'll kind of see where it is, and we'll we'll end up figuring out. We'll have we'll have a few people playing, I'm sure. Kenny, you got any hobby goals here? I think we're probably you're probably thinking what your hobby goals leading up to Wapaka probably are at this point, huh? Oh God! Yeah, <laughs> I got to look at those weekends and figure all that stuff out. So now that school's done, I've been laying out stuff on the paint table and kind of deciding 
what to do, and I hit a little bit of a block. I think it's just because I finally have time again. But I decided this is you know kind of stupid. I need to just I should just paint what I want to paint, and if that changes mid model, that's okay too because at least I've started. So I'll have to see basically what happens by going for Christmas. I'm gonna miss game night tomorrow because I'm going I'm gonna be driving across country. But I'll uh, you know get those mega battles with my co-host next weekend, and uh, then see what happens when I come back. I'm gonna work on the dwarfs, getting ready what I need to get ready for Pakistan, and I would like to uh, get some more trolls painted. Get the troll butt stuff done and do some maybe some orcs. I don't know. I got you know the painting the epic stuff and the man of war stuff is going to be pretty simple because it's so small. We're going to just do spray coats and some dry brushing and that's going to take care of that. Sure. So that's some painted stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I guess there's nothing coming out January uh, that I'm looking forward from fantasy. So yeah, I guess just getting stuff ready for Paca and cleaning up some loose models I have sitting around that need some paint. Is your Paca list already painted? So actually, my packet list is not yet created. I know I have to the end of the month, and I have a I have a couple ideas. I have some draft lists, and I think because there's, I, I was pretty much going to do terrible no matter what I pick. I think I'm going to go for something a little more gimmicky, not the small units with sword and board. That that was a bit too far, but I might try something with I don't know, maybe like three gyrocopters or something a little more uh, fluffy. That'll be a little fun because it's going to get its butt kicked either way. So. <laughs> or maybe, you know, all 30 Slayers or however many I can take. I don't know. I'll figure out something. But it should pretty much be painted. I may have to paint a few War Machines here and there, but for the most part, the core should be pretty good. Okay. I've got to sort out my packet list as well. So I think uh, my biggest hobby goal that I have to try to do in the next uh, couple of, or next or this week and then probably before the show releases is actually lock down my 2000 point log pack a list. And that's either going to be Skaven or it'll be my Tomb Kings. Now, the Tomb Kings are probably easier because I played them a lot this year. And so I have a good idea what the list is going to be. I have a good idea of what I have painted. So, I mean, I pretty much know. And I feel like from an appearance standpoint, my Tomb Kings will stand up well at their with their appearance scoring. It won't take the top of the top of the event by any means, but it'll do well enough that I'll I should if I can win two games somehow in, in tournament play, I'll have a solid pack of score. I really don't want to play the Tomb Kings anymore. I I just I'm ready to play something else. And uh Skaven has been that project and I wanna do I, I really would like to see them hit the table for Paca, but I'm probably a hundred bottles down right now. If uh, for my pack list, if I, I kind of was starting to throw together something that I would like to play, and that would be a hundred models that I would need to paint between now and, and Wapaka, which you know is doable for me uh, with the paint the paint level that I'm taking the models to. It's more of that I'm never going to have I'm not going to have any real time to refine the list or play the list to see yep this really works nope this sucks prior to submitting the list and that's going to be kind of frustrating. Now I've gotten a couple of games with the Skaven at you know smaller points at a thousand and fifteen hundred, but I don't know that that's I haven't had like I haven't had Warplock engineers. So you can just imagine I'm missing things like using things like Doom rockets and and I've only ever used one warp lightning cannon, so I don't have that. I haven't put an A-bomb on the table. So there's a lot of ifs that I don't have a lot of feel for yet and what they can do for me. So we'll see. I, I'm uh, I'm real nervous about taking Skaven, even though I think competitively that list would do a lot better for me. I'd do better in-game than I would with a Tomb Kings. 
So we'll see. That, that's but it's still my hobby goal will be to to work and get that Skaven army finished. It's just if I don't finish it by January, I don't think I have another major event that I'm looking at taking it to until Blood in the Sun. So but, that's well, that's like five months away after yeah, Pekka. I'm uh I what was one of the things that I'm looking at this year is really cutting back on the number of events that I travel to, which which you know, some people might might be disappointed to hear because they like seeing me at their events and usually can count on me to be at them. But my goal when I went into this year, when I'm going into 2014, was to go to Paca or Wapaca, Blood in the Sun, Quake City if I can, if I can work it out, QCR out in San Francisco. Screw City just because it's close to home, and that's it. That's my event schedule for 2014. So I discovered some of these new ones, and so you know, I'll see what I can do next year. I may be in Sweden over the summer too, so that would uh, cut down on tournaments. But I have a spot held for Blood in the Sun for now, placeholder. Sure. And then uh, I think 2015 for anybody that's out in the UK, I would like to make a UK tournament, not. Uh, not the um, South Coast GT, and I'd like to just make another UK event, preferably closer to Nottingham would be kind of my preference. And if somebody wanted uh, to help uh, Good Ice out and hook us up with that, um, I don't know about you, Brian, but I would love a trip over to the UK, and and if I knew some people that could help help out with, uh, you know, not necessarily lodging, but just showing us where the cool stuff is, the local stuff is, that would be great. That would be pretty awesome. It's just hard to think about something like that yeah. with my current yeah, it's, <laughs> school such. We're, we're talking else, 2015, but, so you'll yeah. still be in school. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, I don't know. It's always just, yeah, kind of put on the back burner. But, yeah, I'd love to go places. So... So that's kind of that's kind of the 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 look here, isn't? Mm-hmm. We're we're looking at look doing a few less events, but we're gonna travel. I'm gonna travel to some events that are are bigger in other regions and help uh, uh, get my face out there and, and introduce myself to people and and because there's some great folks out there. Awesome. Okay, so I think one last thing, uh, Mary Mayhem related. We'll go ahead and wrap up what we talked about today, which is Mary Mayhem and and. Uh, just kind of a uh, wrap-up of the year here uh, with Mary Mayhem, uh, particularly the focus. But one thing I think we missed when we were talking about it was you know, we, we talked about it being a Toys for Tots event, but we never did mention what we did charity-wise. Did not. No. So <laughs> Blew it. we did generate just over $2,600 in cash and toys this year for Toys for Tots. That's more than we did. That is the largest Mary Mayhem so. has ever done. Nice by four hundred dollars. So it was that was just awesome. It was just floor. It just floors me that every year we were able to increase that and um, do just that much better for the charity. And in talking to the Marines when they came to do toy pickup, the Marines were uh, they're definitely they're like this is a down year for us. We're gonna have. Uh, it'll be a real struggle for us to get every kids to. It'll be a real struggle for us to get kids the toys that they that we used to give them every year. So what we did for them was a huge help, and you know it, it's now probably too late this year when you guys hear this. But you know, Toys for Tots is such a wonderful charity, and everything goes just straight to the kids that need it. That's so one of the few charities. You know, when you talk charities that take nearly 100% of what is given to the charity and put it right into uh, 
stuff for the people that they're trying to help. Toys for Tots, to- yeah, Toys for Tots is right at the top of the list. So, one of my favorite charities and one of my favorite things to do. So, thanks everybody that helped out with that, and look forward to having having another year. How do you get a hold of the show, the host here, Brian? You can email us. Okay. Yep, you can email us at hosts at wiscodice.com. Yep, yep. You can also catch or download the show via iTunes, BlackBerry Podcast, Stitcher Smart Radio, right? For sure. Okay, and we had a website, I think, right? I think it's the W, well, yeah, I was going to say the wrong one, but <laughs> wiscodice.com is our website. What was that, wiscodice.com? Yeah, wiscodice.com. Okay, and so you can go ahead and check out the website there. Um, you can catch us on Facebook. We have a Facebook uh, page and Facebook group. For sure. And you can follow us on Twitter. Um, I'm at you. Wisco Dice. <laughs> or you, the show, you can follow the show yeah. on Twitter at Wisco Dice, and you can follow me directly at Dugan Brightax. Yeah, you can follow Kenny as well. What, what are you, what's your 20, uh, the, what's your 20 Twitter, Twitter, <laughs> Twitter conversation thingies? What's uh, your my, Twitter so handle? My personal one is at Kenny Lull, K-E-N-N-Y-L-U-L-L. And then our show is at Combat Phase Podcast. Okay. And, of course, you can catch us on Google+. Plus. Um, that's wiscodice at gmail.com. So there's all our great contacts. Thanks, everybody, for another year. We appreciate you guys all listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hope to see you next year at Merry Mayhem. Peace out. Later. He's doing great. He's doing a great year of insulting those guys. Especially, especially Brian's face. It's all ugly and stuff. He is. You know, like the, the, whatever the hair is all kind of spiky and weird. He's so skinny and stuff. You know, what? That's weird. You know, don't you know that gamers should be bad guys? He's, he's, Ugh, what a guy. jerk. He used to be nice to me, man. <laughs> Apparently, the tables have turned. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. Thanks for listening. Peace out.